0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Dialogue Choices podcast. There's no punctuation in that sentence. Goodbye. Or There's no spaces in that this
1: sentence. You're not yachty. Uh, <laughs> <what's his>
0: <laughs> you're not
1: yachty. <laughs> no, no, you're not him. No, it's, it's, yeah. Can't, can't you're not yachty cashew.
0: Of, of he's actually
1: of no, he's slowed no down a Space
0: lot. bar fame.
1: <laughs> I don't watch him anymore. But like, uh, whenever I catch him I've a, watched a every TV,
0: Zero like Escape. What zero punctuation for the last decade? what? Have if you go back to, to the old ones? You guys remember ones, he
1: used
0: to was start really every committed to with, the bit? <laughs> he used to start every episode with like copyright music, and then I was like sad that the expression went away, and it just became just the fucking like same generic intro How that's cool? too loud every episode, and he's had that like same theme. He's had that same theme song for like. Six, Almost as long years. as I've been using Undertale Ruins for credits. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: People freak out sometimes when they get to that part of the game and, and, it's, and the song it's hits so them. jarring.
1: It's so jarring because it's like, I mean, even detached from the fact that it's your specific outro music. So, what are you doing, game? But, <laughs> what are you it, doing, it game? <laughs> it doesn't fit very I think, I mean, it's a nice piece but it doesn't fit very well as a soundtrack. It's just so in your face. It feels like you're in a cutscene.
0: scene. I love that song. It's it's such a nice it's really, little thing. It's, it's good. It's good. Uh, I should probably, like, get a professionally done, uh, like, different thing at some point. That'd be the smart thing to do. But one, I don't like working with random new people, which is what that invariably involves. Uh, and two, uh how the fuck do you commission music? I don't know that's <laughs> I easy. No I have no idea you, how to say what I want or anything like that. You point, that I hate the entire point process. Things, you point at things and say, Hey, I like this stuff. And then
1: and then the musician or the band <laughs> usually I mean, if it's a producer, but usually this sort of stuff is done by
0: producers. I was thinking uh, about for just, like the entire run of like I think like best friends Play or whatever, they always used like just various covers of a song that is just a Kirby song so That's i was nice. like it's like hang on a minute you got covers of it but it's still just the original it's still not your song like yeah, glass I houses and all yeah, that but, a cover, but, I'm, but i'm like confused i think a
1: cover is okay though right i think a cover gets away from
3: uh, uh issues.
1: it does spe- specifically if you're not trying to sell the cover
0: if you're using it as a sort of i mean if your and only like, goal is yeah, not get copyright the detected on by youtube's bots then yes a cover is helpful uh, This is all morally, this is all like legally gray stuff to begin with anyway, but like it's like, Get legal
1: legal up in here. He knows this stuff.
0: But or I just, every now and then the I one. think about like, if, if somebody, if for some reason instances of the song Ruins from Undertale start getting claimed, it's not great for me.
2: <laughs> That's true. Uh,
0: I'll be getting three million emails in one day. Uh, you don't have until, that many. Uh, just wait until Toby sells. The undertale, <laughs> so that sells like a billion dollars. toby sells yeah. undertale to microsoft and microsoft claims every it, instance of its soundtrack across the entire internet the good thing is it's not, because it's not uh, like it's just an outro so you can ask youtube to edit out the sound of and there'll just the be outro, so. just thousands of videos with cursed garbled outros that make a no you weird, can just noise mute. removed you sound can mute. yeah
2: then,
0: uh
1: that, that weird noise. They also probably like you have to do them happens. all
0: individually, knowing YouTube. That's true. Yeah, they don't have which the is tools first across t- like ten thousand videos that probably have that.
1: No,
3: I'm I'm pretty sure you can do mass, uh, mass music removal now. Oh, no, nice. I hope so. I mean, I um, don't fear Outer Wilds. It's basically, it's basically you strong. go to you go to the copyright section, and then it will have like these are the things that fucking whatever, like. Yeah, these are like what people have requested to be removed or whatever, and then you can click on it and just
1: like blah blah blah, add multiple. Or like so you on. never, so you've never actually had people comment about, hey, your outro music is from Undertale. You have people com- com- commenting about, sure hey, I played Undertale have. and your outro music shows up.
0: I mean, they don't think that, that that's not what they think. It's just they get, they get jump-scared by it showing up in any other context because it's so heavily associated with this. It's like how when one mm-hmm. person overuses, like, a uh, public domain song uh, and it becomes mm-hmm. part of the any yeah. other channel and then anyone else uses it just incidentally and then it's that it's, uh, it just makes everyone think about that other channel instead even though that's not their song either. Yeah. Or, th- or like... I had Mischief Makers on my fucking editing timeline of being like, I'm gonna use Mischief Makers music in this video essay, and then fucking H Bomber Guy used it like fucking crazy in that Tommy Tallarico video. So I'm like, well, there goes that. Now they're just gonna think I'm copying H Bomber Guy if I use Mischief Makers music. Didn't realize yeah, that this fine. would be a thing that'd be competition for anyone else. would Remember fucking Mischief Makers? <laughs> it's fine. You can you can copy.
1: You say the delicious egg thing. Nobody gets it. I mean that's just that's just fun that's fun. yeah that's really fun i don't know i don't know where i already ripped like people feels, off on enough the original because video.
0: that's just what it, it, it's like to have uh any kind of in joke or just a route this is what references are people just like yeah have a thing they like that they thought was funny so sometimes they say it in other stuff and so that's just what happens all the time but scripting it is different script <laughs> script yeah like, yeah that's fair uh that's just that's just very deliberately taking somebody else's joke as opposed to me just saying gender in, at random during Let's Plays because <laughs> gender happens at referenced. me. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, poisoned. that happens. I'm poisoned I'm inside. just gendered all um, the time. You can see a real... <laughs> with me and Andrew from back in the day, you can see a real, like, trend towards, like, uh, like JonTron references that's up suspiciously cut off on a certain year and I wonder what happened.
3: <laughs> well, he stopped being funny, which was really a yeah. big problem.
0: The, uh, <laughs> and that's all that happened with JonTron. That's right. pretty much all
3: that happened. I I mean, I still watch JonTron videos to this day, but like nothing in them is ever there, funny. There really hasn't been a good one for like, like eight years. Yeah, I feel bad because it's like I, he, I know he has it in him, the problem is that he's does just, he anymore. It, he does. Sometimes I know you he just can still do it. Sad. Like,
2: just no age. man,
3: there's <laughs> I can see it. There's times where like I'll be watching an episode and I'll like, oh my God. He set it up. He set up a good joke. Let's go. And then he just doesn't follow through with it, which means that like there must have been a sit down where they're just like like he must have filmed it and did it all and followed through the joke and then just cut it. Just said like, no, actually, it's not very funny and cut it. Like, I think he just doesn't have a sense of humor anymore. I think he like had it and then all the internet stuff happened and now he's just a decrepitly bitter sad man and I do he doesn't think want to be that. funny i think anymore. about people that
0: go through big internet controversies and how it might just just end them as like somebody who can like yeah. think about their process or do anything cuz like uh, this is not related exactly but like you know like i i'd have the surprise explosion of the essay stuff and then i'm like now it's like high pressure it's like not as easy just to like write a one hour thing and just go because i'm like in my head about it all and all that and so i think about like these people that like like was it john tron was openly racist online like there's no excuses for it at all but yeah. like i'm just trying to imagine the human being then be like okay time to go back to my youtube channel and like Like try to like reset and be a funny man, Uh, or like uh, what is it? Uh, And he did like multiple redos. Like he
3: would he would like restart, do a couple of videos, and then just go away for like two years, and then you come back, try again, and then just go away. Like he clearly was stumbling to get back into it, and I get it. Like yeah, I imagine being like a huge internet funny man, and then being racist on that internet. And then trying to go back to being an internet funny man is not uh, the cleanest method
0: to maintain your career. Um, and then but, like on the, on the other side of that it. collaboration from Once Upon a Time, you have like Aaron Hansen, Eagle Raptor from Game Grumps. And you have like these, you have a long series of interpersonal pieces of drama with other YouTubers. You have multiple subreddits dedicated to stalking and harassing you and and talking shit about you all the time. Like, not just like, oh, some people on Reddit talk about you sometimes, but, like, there's literally, like, Conspiracy Grumps and Rant Grumps. Like, Rant Grumps is dedicated entirely to just venting about how infuriating and stupid they think this one specific human being is, basically. And Conspiracy Grumps is about digging into the personal details of him and everyone around him in order to, like... Originally was to solve the mystery of what happened with Jontron or whatever. Once upon a time, <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, because yeah, orig- originally people thought that they're like there must have been some kind of fight or something must have been, must have gone wrong, uh, and funnily enough, like the. the uh, after years there was that part where uh aaron hansen showed up in starcade and so it was like oh wow the, the, either they buried the hatchet or really they were always friends and john tron really did just move across the country and there really was never a problem they just they just weren't going to be local mm-hmm. anymore so they stopped doing the show
2: <laughs> but then like
0: two months later he came out with all the super racist shit you're we like oh maybe it was this <laughs> but then like because of the re- subreddits i always think about like there's the uh This is where it's always important to think about like the uh, the uh, homeless Gangnam style video by Sarah Zed or the this video will infuriate you by uh, CGP Grey, which is like some of the best videos on YouTube for trying to just express this idea of like when you have this insular community that's just motivated by getting points and like competing to make the most thing that would be effective for that community. It just incentivizes lying and misrepresenting things And so, when you have this Reddit that's entirely that, if you when you have a subreddit that's entirely about hating somebody for being trash or annoying or unfunny or bad at video games or whatever the fuck they're mad at that given day, and you have another subreddit dedicated entirely to, these people have to be up to something. There's something up with these people. They're keeping something a secret. There must be something deeper to this piece of drama or that piece of drama, like. They just will start making stuff up <laughs> and they repeatedly have and they've even managed to make like things like accusations go viral in the past of stuff they basically yeah. made up Uh well that's and, I mean that's a lot of uh like a huge chunk of
3: stuff especially like the 4chan uh kind of community and I like Kiwi Farms is the same way all these like shitty r- weird uh, I don't know what you like internet stalking Kind of shit where the idea is that it's a culmination of people coming together to just perform a really awful task.
0: <laughs> yeah. To, but, I mean, like, but I'm just saying that like, from the perspective of somebody like Aaron Hansen, like that's like you then have to go back and do your show again every day. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And it's also like not even one where you can like, like, okay, I have good days and bad days, but on the good days, I write this stuff and like I'll make some kind of progress. It's like you have to live perform and like. Pretend to be in a good mood and play funny video games with your friend when, like, you could be going through some shit all the time because of these fucking weirdos that are obsessed with making your life hell. Because they won't just, like, do the normal healthy thing when they don't like a YouTuber, which is uh, watch someone else. They instead make it their whole personality to obsess over somebody that they don't like forever. When, like, there are so many infinite popular YouTubers that, like, I find out about another person with a million subscribers that I've never heard of, like, every week. Like, so there's not yeah, a lack, there's them. not a dearth of options. <laughs> you owe so, them the content that they
3: subscribed for, and they are not getting that content. So now you are a bad person.
0: And then, of course, you had Lindsay Word. Ellis that got, like, canceled on Twitter for increasingly nonsensical reasons. Because they're just harassment campaigns for the most part. Or, like... The tiniest nugget of of like good faith criticism, surrounded by like thousands of people doing harassment over a thing that ultimately, even when you look at it, its its starting point, was ultimately not a thing that justified even being much of a conversation to begin with. But like, yeah, it that's also up... the way t- Twitter works. It's yeah, just like it, but it builds up to such a big of... thing that like, boom, one of the most long term influential YouTubers is just gone. And so she just disappears because she can't write anymore. And then I think only recently, basically begrudgingly to be like, okay, I have employees that are beholden to me and I don't want to, to fuck all of them over. She like started making Nebula videos. And I genuinely, sincerely wonder how much she even works on those videos versus it being a thing she voices and is powered by her brand. But for all I know, her staff writes and edits from, and she just like shows up to record just to keep the, them employed, but like that's—I
3: mean, that's definitely YouTube's like nuts. the. Like, I, don't know. I
0: absolutely see yeah. why, like, what, like Jenna Marbles, and other people like that have just fucking quit after this or that happened because, like, you don't want to face these people again at some point. Sometimes, if things go bad, I think also and the community turns on you. It's a nightmare.
3: I think there's also a level of uh, it. It's. I don't. I don't think that there's a. like a forever sustainability here usually what happens for most people in most fields right even even actors or like politicians the idea is once you reach a certain threshold once enough people know about you then you expand out to other various areas of income you write books you make you know like you star in movies or shows you like you want to diversify rather than just be the YouTuber and usually controversy is such a good time to do that like well everyone hates me I guess I'm just going to go focus on some other project once it all dies down then I'll just but I've done a thing and then you can you know like divert you can move away from a different location but some people obviously don't have that luxury you're not I don't know you're not like Markiplier you can't just like I'm going to go direct a fucking movie right now it's like well oh okay like you just abandon YouTube for months to, to go do with a project on the side and now that's fine. He just, he'll be okay for doing that. But there are other people that just don't have that option. And some people that just prefer to say, you know what? Like, I know Lindsay Ellis was writing books. She like just went off and wrote books while all the controversy was happening. Like, okay, that's fine. Like, there you go. Look, you're doing something else. You're still creating. You're just not doing the exact same I don't know, creative outlet. And I think Jenna Marbles is that way too. I think she makes, like, she still makes stuff, but she just doesn't do YouTube videos anymore. There's just like this. At some point, you could just go, like, nah, I'm done with this medium. I'm done creating these types of things. And you just move on to something else.
0: Yeah. It's the unexpected outcome of like people when you get this kind of job people inherently are like when so when are you gonna get a real job or like what's your plan for after Mm -hmm. like this idea like it's inherently a very temporary thing that will definitely be gone in two years or something whenever you and then yeah and you're you're still here for eight years uh but the unexpected uh conversation that those people aren't ready to even introduce because they don't have context for it is the idea that like actually the real concern is what do you do when like this what if this job just becomes miserable you literally can't create in that context anymore because that definitely just happens to a lot of people yeah burnout is very natural and probably the
3: like kind of the side effect of doing one particular thing forever like it just must be like aggravating i get i'm like i get burnt out from doing a job and my job is literally just nothing like, I don't really do much all day, and I still get burnt out from it. Like, it's just, it. it's like, if something isn't, if something isn't doing it for you, right? It's like, again, creative fields especially. Like, you need to be constantly engaged, constantly stimulated, constantly motivated. And if that's not there, then you can't make the thing. But if you can't make the thing, you die, because you have no employment. Like, it's it's a lot of... I don't know. That's just not the best way to do anything. I I don't know. I I'm I, I very much of the idea that you it, like you capitalism. don't you don't get any value. You, like you don't get good quality out of threats. Like I I'm not the threat of me not having a job isn't going to make me work harder. It's just going to make me like it's going to make me find a way to work less but still cash in money. Like I ah, fuck you then. Like <laughs> like I don't I don't need to I don't need to put my effort in if. If it, you're just gonna threaten me, I'll just do the bare minimum. And it's called silent wait. quitting. It's not. No, it's not. It's not called silent quitting. You can't make up fucking words. It's just called laziness. I don't want to. <laughs> no, no, it's, a, it's a phenomenon. Like, it, it's a phenomenon. It's not. People a phenomenon. It's not, people it's not how do you silent quit? You either quit or you don't quit. You can't silently. No, quit. no, no it's like I'm not, I haven't silently quitted. <laughs> It's when people, like, yeah, I mean, this is, was, like, I it was, read it. It was so funny multiple. to me
0: just because simultaneously uh, Andrew's refusing to engage with a term that has been floating around a lot that he's just never it encountered is, probably. That, yeah. But also just the thing he just said didn't make any sense. Of course you can silently quit, even if you take the words literally. It's when you just don't come back. Well, yeah, yeah. So sorry, you can't <laughs> you you can you just walk away. When you don't put in two weeks, that's agrees. a pretty silent quit.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, sorry, I meant though. I am I am not silently <laughs> quitting. I am not sitting here silently quitting my job. What I am doing is exactly what they pay me to do, but I'm doing it with the barest minimum of effort, which is not yeah. silent barking, quitting. How, yeah. how is fucking silently quitting. I'm doing my job efficiently. I am doing my job so no, efficiently, yeah, no, I don't so... need to fucking take part in it. it is what part... is silently uh-huh. quitting? What? Because I'm not the... killing myself on the fucking <laughs> yeah, floor yeah. in the office? Like, yes. I'm not I understand splitting the... my fucking wrist yes. dying I, let's, for let's capitalism? Let's let's like, what, end, the,
2: what the fuck? i the
0: filibuster.
2: Jesus. <laughs> is it filibuster? <laughs>
0: Wait, what? What's <laughs> what we're trying to explain? If it interests going, oh, <laughs> no, right. I'm, just, I'm so confused by what this means. What That's is what I we're understand? trying to say?
1: I understand <laughs> that, <laughs> your frustration with the definition of the term, but the term sometimes doesn't come words bad.
0: are weird, like global warming they when are. things do but, yeah. get colder. That okay. sounds like bad naming. You cool. can, it's bad naming. Like everything, everything badly. It's bad everything. naming because the
1: corporations <laughs> wanted
0: to. Uh, wait, which one? Yes, everything, that I, we I name am, everything so poorly that we take things that once had names, like Let's Plays and Walkthroughs, and start calling all of them streams when everything on the internet is streamed, no matter what. Streaming doesn't mean anything. You can't just go well, on really a stream, just, you fucker. You, you, you also can't call it a VOD. Calling... A VOD is also everything on the internet that isn't everything, live, yeah. you fuckers. It's a video on demand. You t- we had specific it... terms for things, and you reduced them all to stream and VOD, the most vague terms that encompass all of online video, you fuckers. Now at least they're not uh, calling it gameplays, because that sends me play up Gameplay is at least more specific than stream. No, no, no gameplay Which plays, doesn't even need plural. to be a stream. Oh, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just... <laughs> that's an andrew apostrophe disaster <laughs> that's a, that's a deep cut that's an old-timey joke i don't get the
1: specific reference but i i appreciate
0: it's just the that, ribbon. uh yeah i mean you can find this all over sad games Cause... to this day i'm sure just uh, every time that there's a plural word there's an apostrophe and every time and usually oh, if, no. if, yeah andrew have but, you gotten better I don't th- no, I don't think- I think there's no point. It. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: it doesn't. What? what well, like, what's the value in, inter- in the recent video? Is, there is
3: no value in an apostrophe. It's just such a. You fucking put the waste apostrophe though. Those. That's what Keith is saying. I'm not. I'm not bothering. I'm not going to bother learning this thing that doesn't have any implication, impact, or meaning to life.
0: Like it's just a fucking apostrophe. Get over it. But anyway, it's actually anyway, apost- you know silent. What? Silent quitting is essentially a form of protest in the fe- in the way that in reality what you're really doing is you're just doing your job and you're and you just you show up for work and you do exactly what you were supposed to do and then you don't do any more work beyond that point but Mm -hmm. because of like so much of like like american culture and japanese culture and so on is all about like this uh, this constant implication you're supposed to do even more kind of like how you're not really supposed to take any of your legally mandatory breaks and stuff like that most of your jobs and stuff like that are they well, suspiciously start cutting your hours and so on. Uh, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, there's a weird, we a, I, I do we have pay work, my, have my work legally culture. mandated taxes.
2: Can I just yeah. not do that?
0: <laughs> is that fine? <laughs> we have a work culture that that acts like the the more you hustle, the better your future is going to be. As if you're not just, you know, being vampired by some company that doesn't care about you and does not really care about your upward mobility or your future Uh, And so silent quitting is the idea of actually just doing the bare minimum for your job. Uh, And it's got that dumb of a term because that's how off base our entire society is that the expectation that you should do what you were paid to do and you should be compensated for anything more that you do is so alien that this is like seen as like a mind virus taking over Zoomers and turning them again, ruining the economy. And it's it's just the dumbest topic, Mm. really. Yeah, Always. I'm looking.
3: I'm looking at this article, and all I can see is that it's 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 just saying it's just explaining to me what working is. It's just telling me what your
1: work. Yeah, what your work. It's just, yeah, it's,
3: just is? it's all it's literally telling me is like, oh, a person comes into work and does their job what 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 wait That's, what is working then? does working the not exist minimum. anymore It's the literal no.
1: definition of your job what, like what the not, fuck did not, I get
3: paid for? I get paid to come in and do a set specific task that I have been employed for and then I go home that is my job that is working. I, it, I I, I don't, I, be I don't expect the president Of the United States that... to come to fucking work And clean my toilets at home That's not his fucking job Like Why would it be called silent quitting If he didn't do his If he stuck to only doing his job Is that not what you hired him for
1: like, Well what? But you're just being div- like that, that, That's not uh, You're not actually Addressing the problem though It is a different type of behavior that people do it doesn't matter what it's called. It is. I mean, it, what Keith said. It is. It is true. That's what it's called, and it doesn't encompass other types of of uh, but, non. So who engagement. defines? Okay. So how is how is it necessary? language? It so uh, so,
3: but, the, but what I'm saying is, when I get employed, I have a contract, right? My I am employed. I have a contract with a specific set of like expectations of me as an employee not all my people, job, most people don't my job my role my responsibility what do you no one has role
1: responsibilities that that's fucking yeah. unlikely like I, every my job, job has role my responsibilities. Job my job description for example doesn't like there's i don't have anything at all written about what i do in my daytime job so so when they hired you they told you nothing about what they wanted no, you they to do t- yeah in the sense that they what they told me is all things that you're going to be doing stuff like this stuff like this Mm -hmm. you're going to be working with people like this right so once you're in a job and especially when we're talking about quitting like you've been there for a while or at least for long enough that you have uh, that people expect things of you um like if nobody pushes you to to or at least me if nobody pushes me to do things i can just not do them and nobody will say anything. Why would that, you do them without being asked to by your job? Because I don't want to I want to be I want to stay employed and uh, continue being Why able to would play you my not house?
3: stay employed by doing
1: your job? Because I'm not competitive inside of the marketplace of working things.
3: What does that even mean? So like you're telling me that because I'm what? doing the exact thing that I was hired for for several years and now that someone else has just without without in, in asking me apparently has decided that i need to be doing more things but isn't telling me to do this i happens, am now silently though. quitting that's but how how am i pro how am i proactively silently uh, quietly quitting if i am not being told the new fucking expectations for my job i can't be responsible for something that i don't know exists and if you don't tell me but there's that's new what people, expectations of course you can and that no, no, I can't. That's literally how language works. I cannot be, I can't be held responsible. Like, like if,
2: if you, you have I responsibilities.
1: Not... Oh, sorry. I, I misunderstood what you said. You're, you're saying th- uh, being responsible for things you don't know. That's not what yeah. silent quitting is. It's being responsible. It's, 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 uh, if nobody else knows, you're not responsible for it. It says, quietly
3: quitting refers to doing the minimum requirements of one's job and putting in no more time, effort, or enthusiasm than absolutely necessary. Unless I'm asked to, I'm not going to. You need to tell me to do something. Otherwise, I won't do it because that's not my fucking job. My job is to perform a set amount of tasks for money.
1: No, that's not true for (laughs) the vast majority of people. What? Because if you're uh, responsible for for things that you are like it's your job to do that like mm-hmm. if it, if it is like cleaning the aisles if it is yes. um if it is uh managing a team if it is leading a, a a the design phase of a game whatever it is there's proactiveness required of your job right it doesn't matter because okay. nobody's going to tell you hey there's uh, aisle 3 is uh, like somebody Somebody, I mean, in good in good places, they they will actually tell you that because they have their systems. But if if it's a small shop, right, you're just the clerk, and it's like aisle three. Now there's a spill. You're you're gonna be the person to to clean that up because it's your responsibility, right? Yeah. And nobody has to tell you specifically to do that.
3: Um. Well, and only if I've been told specifically to patrol like patrol the aisles to make sure there's no spills. But if I have not been expli- explicitly told that, I'm not going to fucking walk around the store like some degenerate weirdo lost why... in a fucking supermarket with a broom waiting for someone to fucking drop shit.
1: But that's like, that why it's called weird. silent quitting. It's quite it's called what silent it? quitting because what? that sort of attitude gets you fired eventually. Just tell me. Come up and say, Andrew, I want but you to you walk get... around that's the aisle. That's why it's quitting. Because you eventually do get fired. Because, it, like, what you're that's saying, like,
3: if kidding, you were, though. that's, that's it's quiet w- firing, that's someone else's fucking problem. <laughs> I, got, I got quiet I fired needed. from Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Best keeping Best Buy, I did what they, what they
0: told me to do, and uh, they, yeah, yeah. If, they like, clearly imagine kept reducing Andrew, my hours <laughs> <laughs> until I was eventually getting four and a half hours once every other week. That was I was I was very quiet fired. That was functionally like not working there. Every time I came into the store to work again, my like my entire the entire store would have been moved around again and had to learn where everything was again. Mm. Quiet quitting
3: implies in specifically that me, the employee, is to blame for the attitude or blame for the lack of enthusiasm, which it is not. I am doing exactly what I've been told to. It is, in fact, managers' problems for being so fucking shit at their job that they cannot tell their employees what is exactly expected and required of them so that they will perform that task. I have it no doesn't obligation work like that to go out of my how yeah, it does most
1: jobs you, most jobs you can to be told all of the details. You're told things in general, and then you figure it out. that's fine. They're, they're, that's not that, but in when reality, there's, there's no more difference. figuring it out. <laughs> there's it's just, no what? The, the, nobody the, told me no. to clean that that's From it.
3: what it says it says it puts in no more time effort or enthusiasm than absolutely necessary which means i'm doing my job exactly as expected of me but i am not doing anything above my i'm not doing anything that is exceeding my role responsibilities which i'm not going to fucking
1: do that's and not silent quitting to do it or if you you're say, <laughs> if you're behaving as expected you're not silent to quitting what you're just what sort of is doing that? your job it
3: says it isn't in though. Effort
1: or enthusiasm that absolutely <laughs> necessary. I'm absolutely doing necessary job. implies <laughs> that it is not expected that you do that. <laughs> what? You said, you, said that you said the word, and you went past Usually, it, we you have need to, to get two and a half
0: hours in before we get to the half an hour semantic discussion of this I, podcast. I, no, no, Andrew, Andrew is <laughs> not. I, I, I'm just, stuck on that word because you said specifically you're doing your job as expected. No, you're not.
1: <laughs> not doing that. Am I not? My, i no, literally you're not. have for
3: me so no, for you're me, not.
1: i literally
3: have a fucking sheet that tells me exactly what i'm supposed to do my job down to the fucking letter and that is exactly what i do i don't do anything else i don't go above and beyond i don't exceed those role responsibilities i do fucking exactly on that paper because guess what that's what you told me my job is and if you want me to do anything outside of that paper guess what? You need to tell me what I need to do outside of that role, because I'm not going to go out of my way. I'm not going to do other things, because guess what? I could also just get fired for going out of my fucking zone. Because yeah. that's also a risk. So no, oh, fuck yeah. you, I'm not going to go and do but more I, effort if I can be I'm at risk of to... getting fired. But doing minimum effort gets me fired for fucking quietly quitting. What Andrew, is this? You can't what what I'm trying to
1: say this. is that most jobs are not like that. In fact, people <laughs> who work in tech, there's like this thing. Uh, I, I, I kind of thought of mentioning it before. But there's this thing called overemployment for specifically tech people. And work from home has allowed this to be a thing where you basically work for two companies or three because like a, te- a tech person depending on the job but a lot of tech people just work like two or three hours a day and that's it um and yeah, they I are know. paid for for a full-time thing so you you have enough yeah. time in a day to jiggle to, to full-time jobs if you want and, you, and like in especially because really in tech are, it's much, it is it's I'm, much sure I'm, yeah, I'm sure i'm going just take a nap and play video games or something like what are you fucking 100%, doing 100%. In your life? <laughs> but it is a thing overemployment in the tech sector where like even if it is written in the contract that you cannot have another daytime job these people just do it on the sly and just and it's just like get paid fat cash because it's <laughs> it,
0: it's stacked they're quiet but, double working uh might this be, new that might be, uh, we're going to be so be scary, now you know? with all the layoffs it,
1: but it, the thing like it's a it's a like it's quiet employment that it's
3: fraud we, can it's bullshit. we can't let it, people be employed get them out <laughs> of here
1: it's bullshit that it's fraud but it is fraud legally speaking it's, how is uh, it fraud what do you because your because your contract specifies that you can't uh, you can't have another daytime job.
2: And and that legally, all, like, all is that legally laws binding? Prioritize Can prioritize
0: employers you... over employees? Basically, yeah, but, I, but I, States, I mean, yeah.
1: is there a precedent to say that that is illegal? The term is overemployment, and I, like I haven't looked it up in specific, but I've seen okay. I was gonna say it doesn't laws. matter what a contract <laughs> says.
3: A <laughs> contract doesn't mean anything. It's up to the it's up to the court well, to so decide whether a contract exists. Yeah, it's the or laws. Not. So like, yeah, yeah. if yeah, if someone says like you can't have two jobs, okay, fight me, bitch. I'll go to fucking court. We'll see if a judge says I can have two jobs. Like, you don't get to decide that. I get to decide. If you're in job. Europe,
1: if you're in Europe, you might be able to decide that. But in the in U.S., where this is specifically a thing, um, uh, uh-huh, I'm in California, it. so I definitely can win that argument. I'm not mm-hmm. in some crappy
3: well, place that has.
1: Bad worker know. protections. I wouldn't know. You know we
3: better. We're than not ma- big
2: fans
1: be of workers'
0: me. rights here.
1: Uh, no, they, you even moved the, your rights. the first of you. May. You moved it to like the thirty-first of August or whatever, just to m- make your workers not celebrate the Day of Work of the Worker alongside the rest of the world. Basically, not world, but a lot of countries. It's wild that I, to me. There's, there's like this it, this it's down like, to the minutia never, of pettiness. Yeah. Um,
3: incredible. Fifty percent of the United States workforce is quietly quitting. I'm gonna fucking kill somebody. What do you mean? Andrew what? Andrew just figured out he's quietly quitting. For of a year. the United <laughs> States is quietly quitting. Well, then they're not fucking employed, I guess.
1: <laughs> like what? What do you it's mean? Not, you're still employed. That's why it's quietly quitting. What What is quitting? What is the word? Completely? No, no. That's a different word. That's a different <laughs> word. Do you can't do can this just... anymore. Yeah. OK, let's let's move on. Let's cancel Keith. So let's done, go, dude. I can't do a, this a, we have anymore. A, we have a subject sorry, where Keith gets canceled.
0: Is, this is just you're, like this is what you're happens. You're both yelling you about up. a thing that I, as far as I can tell, you're both in favor of. So you're just yelling about the words in <laughs> no. the conversation, basically. I think you yeah, <laughs> bringing
2: I, yeah, up like a different added.
1: word. He's saying quitting. I'm not saying quitting. I'm saying silently.
0: My whole thing is that
3: it's not I am not quietly quitting. I am just employed. I am just doing a job. Do you, I am not quietly like, saying, like, it's we different. We can't do this again.
2: That's,
1: okay, I'm okay. Say, that's, Let's
2: that's talk about
1: Planescape Torment. No. <clears throat> no?
0: <laughs> no? Which one was it? I don't want to talk about it. No, no spoilers, though.
2: How
0: Maybe do you not spoilers it? How do you talk about Planescape Torment without spoiling it?
1: I was going to talk about your, uh, your conclusions. That's true, actually. Spoiler alert. Literally, how... Yeah, well, that's fair. You 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 have more experience than me at this thing. You need to lead the way.
0: What does that mean? What, what thing? What thing do I have uh, more spoiler experience Spoiler casting. At? Spoil- with Just spoiler talking casting. about a thing and it having spoilers in it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Whoa. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat has decided that it doesn't want to spoiler cast. But the- what, what <laughs> I, I watched. <laughs> I'm still halfway through with your uh, let's play of of uh, Planescape Torment. And I, uh, and I, as soon as I saw the ending episode, I was like, I'm I'm skipping to the bit where the cutscene happens, and I want to hear his final s- final thoughts. Which I'm sure I am sure there's a lot of your viewers that do that because you you do
0: provide sure. a good service at the end sometimes, of each. Sometimes when I when I'm emotionally there, sometimes I'm just like, oh, it's over. Uh, I've seen that happen. <laughs> and <they're> like okay, feel <laughs> <you> like <later." laughs> And landscape has a very abrupt ending. Uh, it does. It well, really especially does. the ending just, that you got. <laughs> Yeah, no, it just it just over. Bye. Like, oh, yeah. uh, so Planescape. I guess, like, I guess I, we technically think... resolved some things. <laughs> I think Planescape has the
1: the biggest flaw. of Planescape is that it has combat in it, and it has the the real time with pause combat of Baldur's Gate and things, where it really doesn't fit. I think for uh for what the game is going for, but at the time it was I think yeah at the time it was like a compromise because. These days we have Disco Elysium, we have uh, Pentiment, and we have games that we have, and we have Torment Tides of Numenera, um, but in a different way. Uh, we have game, we have RPGs that don't have combat at all, and that's that's still, and they're still considered RPGs, which they are. But um, well, like I think in many ways, Fall One <clears throat> led that, uh, even though it isn't the first game that the first RPG that you can complete without fighting at all. But Fallout One, you can technically complete it without fighting at all and for years and years and years i keep hearing people like i kept seeing uh, rpgs being like oh you you have so many non non combat oriented solutions for quests and things but you know it's always game centered around fighting and think you know fallout 3 is a good example since we were talking about fallout uh, of that where it is genuinely it's it's a game that genuinely tries consistently across the game to have non combat oriented uh interactions with the world and interactions with the quests and and it, it it honestly is the best at the time it was the best that bethesda ever did that at all um and um quest design not necessarily writing but quest design in fall 3 is like fantastic for bethesda at the time and it does it still while in a game that is basically about shooting a lot of people and collecting the garbage that is around, not in Fallout 76 style, but it's still Fallout 3 is about loot, about experience things and getting better equipment, Uh, even though it has a lot of story and a lot of missions. But I think playing escape tournament has so much dialogue and the, the problems are so focused on understanding the villains or understanding your companions or understanding yourself that he real, I, it would have been a good game. It would have been, what well, I'm saying, a good game. It would have been a, a, an incredible game if it had be, have the presentation of, of Disco Elysium and things like that, without combat at all. I don't know if you... Did you mention that in your um, outro outro uh, rant?
0: Uh, I mean, I think I mentioned that somebody talked about the idea of like, what if uh, Planescape Torment was a visual novel. Oh, yeah, that's what you meant. Yeah, that, I, I knew that. I knew I'd... I'd uh... I saw something like that yeah. in my Discord the other day, and I'm like, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst. Yes, <laughs> yes 100%. kind Because the dialogue is basically what we're here for, and the combat is mostly just miserable. It's miserable. <laughs> it's worse than Ballsgate by, by leagues. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, reminded, I'm reminded of, of why I often feel like I need to make a spellcaster in these games, because if you don't make a spellcaster, you just click on the enemy and wait. Yeah. And
1: like hope <laughs> that you succeed, because if you fail, you're gonna need to figure out what potion works for what thing.
0: Like a, a That's game even that worse. far back, like the protagonist essentially has three options for class. It's tanky uh, melee, it's tanky melee, swift melee, and the spellcaster. And so two of those classes you just click on somebody and wait, and the other class you spend your spells. Relatively quickly, and then run out, of, then run out of them, and then have to then start clicking on people and waiting. Uh, I I never yeah. learned anything about multi-classing or how that works, or encountered anything it, about that besides to the, the fact that you're, some of your partner members have it. But yeah, I don't see how multi-classing would change the fact that otherwise you're still just two out of the three classes, are just a melee class. Yeah, I don't think I even encountered I think... a ranged weapon. I don't think that game has a bow. I don't remember. I don't think so either. Or gun. <laughs> like a, or any kind no. of crossbow. or I think it's literally spells and melee is the entire game. It has one of the most rudimentary combat systems I've ever seen in any RPG. Yes. Including ones yes. from back then. Like, you had more combat options uh-huh. yeah, in yeah. Fallout than, I, than you did in Planescape Torment. And Torment's definitely newer. Yeah. It is. And I had my, uh, and we've done an entire podcast about my issues with Fallout, just being like, just as like a modern gamer going back and playing it and being like, "Wow, not even a little I, bit of a quest log, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I've only finished
1: Planescape Torment once, um, so I can't talk about it in the same terms that I talked about or that I talk about uh, Fallout, because Fallout, and I think most games back then, they did expect uh, players to just. Play them again and again. The people who liked it. So m- some missions were just obtuse for the sake of being obtuse. Um, by hiding, like, ju- I I grew up knowing for a fact that my journal would have incomplete missions at the end of the game, and that's it. Or that it would have bugged missions. Baldur's Gate Two, in particular, for example, I played m- most of my time as growing up. I played it without patches. And uh, it would happen a lot that NPCs would just become uh, uninteractable. You, you wouldn't be able to talk to them. And I couldn't figure out how to un- unstuck, unstick them. Uh, so I just had, like, I, I finished that game many times. Well, maybe not many times, but like three or four times um, with, with a bunch of missions just incomplete because, you know, I, I, I could, they, they were bugged. But what would happen is that each each uh playthrough would be different in this just out of the crappiness of the the stability of the game and uh and sometimes the the quest design because sometimes i would just forget where was this guy again who do i need to talk to next because there's no no quest markers or anything and sometimes the journals are just wrong uh or or there's no journal entry or whatever so you, you like games were made to be like that and these days the, it, it, that's just not what people are looking for. You're not looking for a thing that you can't easily delve into and extract as much as you can out of your first playthrough. And, yeah. uh, and it's I fine. Feel I feel mean, like I in would... order
0: to satisfy people in, in these playthroughs, I need to have, like, a Sherpa. Like, <laughs> sure. I need, like, some hyper-experienced player to, like, prod me to go in the right directions or... To yeah. just magically know when I'm missing dialogue because the dialogue systems don't do anything to surface that there's more dialogue that you're missing somewhere and it's giant trees. Because like you get yeah. used to the idea that like, oh, you, you pick these options that are the, on the the base layer of the character. Or they have like a bunch of functional dialogue, then one that's like, hey, I want to talk to you, though. And then you talk. Then, on, then from that menu, there's a bunch of different dialogue options. And then like
2: mm-hmm.
0: you pick each of those Storm options does that a lot. Like normally, when you're in that menu, you pick each option once and there's maybe a choice or an opinion to express, and that's it, and then it loops back around to the the main ba- the main menu again and you pick a different thing to talk about like oh you have you seen anybody all that stuff uh mm-hmm. but i people keep telling me and it's and it's too late, but that I was like not uh I, uh i wasn't like, exhausting i wasn't thorough trees, enough basically. about the dialogue and i'm like i thought i yeah, exhausted the yeah. dialogue i clicked on every option and they're all i recognize each option as a thing i've already talked about where 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 was the yeah. options i missed <laughs> it's like oh yeah uh in layer four of this shell there's a there's actually four different options you have to pick and each time you do it instead of moving back to the original question it loops you back to the main menu so you have to pick three options to get back to there and then pick the other options like it's like they hide them. They hide them so well do, that you literally, you literally have to troubleshoot your party members having already known what the outcome will be to find the outcome, which is deeply frustrating. So everybody that just already knows the game and, and who knows if they knew it organically from just brute forcing the game so much yeah. when they were younger or if they just heard about the stuff over the years and now so much, know so much about the game that they just inherently know where every party member storyline goes so they know that if they haven't triggered the thing they need to keep looking for it but for me i'm just like when i play a lot of these older rpgs i'm just like when do these when are these companions ever gonna like open up or have a character arc or tell me their backstory or go (laughs) somewhere like i keep you you kind of inherently look for like the mass effect 2 loyalty mission to pop up at some point Like, like where where is some kind of larger thing that happens And that is that is a pretty consistent thing. Like Mass Effect 2 is the go to example just because it was such a concrete mechanic part of the game that you would like you that like you have to deal with it explicitly as like like they literally like have a little badge, Mm -hmm. I think, saying whether or not they have their loyalty mission done. Uh, Yeah, but like that is that was them systematizing or even just like labeling a system that like we're used to having in most rpgs like at some point your companion had you have some kind of breakthrough with them and there's probably some kind of task tied to that like some kind of thing that's been bothering them it's it's so rote that like even in like Pillars of eternity half the characters you talk to them they almost immediately dump their entire backstory on you and then you get one task that's often so brief that you're like you have
1: two actually. There's two. Uh, there's always two parts to their
0: missions. I don't you know. Get one I, later. I played it years ago, yeah. but like yeah. like Sagini, I think what her name was, or the the dwarf uh, Sagani. hunter. Sagani. Mm-hmm. Like well, half these characters have such incredibly minor and brief tasks, and that's seemingly their entire calling in life. It's to the point where you're like, all right, well, I read your entire yeah, storyline, and was... I read your entire yeah, storyline was... in one episode, and then I resolved your entire mission in twenty minutes. Why are you still here? I'm on a really dangerous mission. Like, I don't think you want to be here anymore for what comes next. <laughs> like, uh, in a lot of these she's, cases, it's hard to the, yeah. Yeah. I often talk about this in other games, but I'm just like a lot of RPGs. It's, it's a struggle to narratively justify why your party members are still there and why they're coming with you on the whole journey. Uh, it's very helpful. T- that's that's part of that's part of the cheat sometimes in having the stakes be the end of the world is once people find out how fucked everything is, they have no choice essentially but to like come along because they're some of the only people that know about how things are. But like yeah. Mass Effect one is pretty decent at organically having everybody kind of wrapped up in the narrative and be characterized in a way that where they would probably care about the specific thing when they got involved in it. But other a lot of DD style, like fantasy RPGs. There's a lot of characters that are just like a conduit to their really specific culture and background to exposit that part of the world at you. And then mm-hmm. it's often very tenuous what the fuck their actual life calling has to do with uh, going on this dangerous mission with you if they don't invent some kind of like life debt narrative or something like that. Oh, I hate the life debt thing with a KOTOR. And this is, just... that, this is the thing that this is thing that mostly works in Planescape is that because in Planescape you're somebody that's looping over and over again, the... the the secret detail for half of your party members is the fact that like, uh, their, their seemingly tenuous reasons for being with you are actually tied to the fact that they knew you before, or and and already like, wrapped up in this, this looping narrative mm-hmm. and all
2: that. Yeah.
0: But the, uh, the entire I, th- I... I found the entire final mission underwhelming, except for the part where you actually get to interact with the past the, the other iterations of yourself. Yeah. That's the best part of the whole puzzle and and the horde of monsters Mm -hmm. at the beginning is just kind of miserable. (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) Dianara is one of the most genuinely interesting characters in the entire game. And I like how her, I like meeting her at the beginning. I like meeting her dad and I like the sensory stone that goes into her backstory and how fucked up it is going between the perspective of, of the practical incarnation of yourself and her and i like mm-hmm. and i like meeting her at the end like so she's one of my favorite parts of the game but yeah yeah the i don't find your mortality to be an interesting villain like mm-hmm. i think that the conversation with him is just kind of not very he kind of just comes across as just a villain uh in the most generic terms for the most part yeah, yeah. and like and he's not interesting to talk to in the way that your incarnations are because he's not, he's just not you. <laughs> like, he's just not really you, but he's also yeah. like a character you're meeting for the first time to fight right now. So, it's the problem I have with the, with half of all RPGs is the final villain is a guy you've never met before. Like,
1: cool. <laughs> that's why Pillars of Eternity does, I think that's what Pillars of, uh, of Eternity does so well, even though it was going to even do it better because they had a different plan that they had to cut short. It's just the, the sort of uh, intertwining the. The final villain into a a big grand narrative is so difficult, and, yeah. and it's not even about being difficult. It's it, it's very limiting to the store the type of stories that you are capable of telling, uh, because you the story of of uh of torment in itself is kind of vague. It's kind of it, it, like it is it is not a game about the main story. I think it's a game torment's about w- uh, torment's
0: weird. It's a cool game, but like it's so wrapped it up in. Yeah existing D lore and stuff like that that like i felt like i was missing out on a bunch of information that was required to actually get what it was going for half the time like at some point someone told to me told me that every party member is inherently an inversion of what they're supposed to be like it's like a critique yeah. or yeah. a response or an ironic take on like their class or background or uh yeah. species or whatever their race and i'm like Well, that's bad news for me because I don't know what the fuck those characters are. (laughs) Like half of these, (laughs) half of the characters I met, I have no idea what the baseline is for people like them. And you mostly never meet people like them in a way where you get an understanding of what they're normally like compared to that person. So, like, I understand the idea of, like, because, like, they explain the demon, the blood war so much and the the Mm -hmm. two types of evil kingdoms and everything that I can get a feeling for, like, why it's interesting and unusual that... Uh, falls from grace runs a brothel where everyone has a where that's based around talking and is essentially in a way like a acting as like a shelter for these women and stuff like that and it's inherently like a contradiction to everything you've heard about demons and also you kind of already know what demons are because you are a human in real life and that is a trope but i have no concept for what Dacon's people are like they're completely almost incomprehensible concept they're absolutely buck wild to even hear about they literally are <laughs> yeah. a thought-driven unit like universe where their thoughts become real or something and you never see what their kingdom is like or see what the most of them behave like all you know is that whenever you encounter anybody that's from that part of the of the multiverse or whatever they probably attack him on sight uh seemingly or they're pissed at him but that's not very informative about what they're like overall so i don't know how he diverges from that stuff and you just meet him in a bar randomly so it's just <laughs> and all you I have to go on is his wall. is his description of stuff which he mostly doesn't want to tell you <laughs> so I'm just, yeah, I'm i was just like what well, is this guy's I, deal i don't really get it i really liked his dialogue honestly it
1: was very whimsical not whimsical but like in inspired, uh, evocative i should say but i also didn't get the the nuances because i'm not a, a dnd lore uh nerd or buff, I suppose, would be the correct term. Um, but uh, like, it, I think that's the biggest problem it, it, of Planescape Torment. You just men- mentioned meeting him at a bar. Stuff like that is just because it's a game rooted in D tropes, for one, but also uh, in uh, in 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 gaming tropes. Like, the, you have to have a, the top down perspective, kind of forces big maps. And, and open areas and freedom to talk to everybody the thing about like talk to everybody is uh, at the time Planescape torment was released it's still completely down to the player to know in advance uh, that you should talk to everybody that's that's what you're yeah. there for and these days games don't take that for for granted they 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 sort of depend well it depends on the games admittedly uh,
0: uh, a lot, a lot, lot of, of games discourse. will make some kind of attempt to surface characters that you're meant to notice yeah. in some way yeah. instead of just being like here's and a cloud of identical members. character models find the one that <laughs> that will talk to you yeah especially party members because like
1: I, the game does that for uh i forgot her name the the tiefling uh, and of course for uh, mort yeah you, you're uh, required
0: does. to recruit mort and anna yeah
1: but uh but he doesn't do that for many other characters well at least before you leave uh, sigil. Uh like you can just ignore Ignis or
0: ignore uh oh yeah because you never need to go in that name, but... you know you don't need that bar basically and that's where yeah, Dacon yeah. and Ignis are. And far yeah. from Falls from Grace is like an active hassle to recruit. Like it's a whole yeah. process. But you're relatively likely to find her if you just go and try and check places out. She's the first NPC yeah. in a prominent location. Uh so you're at least <laughs> likely to meet her. Modron, I think, is like a computer dude in the computer dimension. I think you're forced to find him because of the the quest no, to get out of there. Because I, ne- I never met no. him. Oh, the, no, uh, oh no! Oh, I didn't realize. No, Modron, the computer guy, uh, is inside. I used a, him like, to get out of there. I he's think. like in a parody of uh, of cube dun- of dungeon <laughs> crawlers, basically. Like he's a he's a parody. Like his, uh, I mean, the, the Modron cube itself is a parody or a riff on like mm. uh disposable repetitive combat based encounters which feels like like a kind of little biting commentary to come from a game that itself is at least for is the bad. time was probably learning away from is <laughs> probably leaning away from combat and towards yeah, dialogue yeah. more than usual but in the modern context of going back to that game just yes, so much Planescape is absolutely full of com- completely disposable com- combat that sh- that doesn't need to be there. Like all of the constant, like all Killed the rats. bandits
1: and stuff like that. Like the freaking mental rats or whatever.
0: Uh, the mental rats are barely a thing. It's really just the fact that, like, because at, at least, least when you're first, at, least, at least when you're in a dungeon, you're fighting dungeons and so on. But like the uh the uh the fact that like the the fucking camps are just full uh the city is just full oh, of, of thugs constantly attacking you all the time. it's like you guys already you had mess the... up that though that no, was your no, I'm talking about experience. all of the thugs all the time every 30 seconds of the entire map, no matter what the whole you time you're in sigil. you pissed them off no they they were there from the beginning. They were, because you pissed them off right away, I think. I, remember I don't remember being like, like oh, he's going to so. have an interesting I time. I <laughs> don't think you're right. I think those thugs are always... Wrong. I think the thugs I are always in Sigil all the time. I remember the But, my but the point I was trying to sigil make, though, is that, like, future. yeah, like they do have the the angle of dangerous angles, the, the, the alley of dangerous angles. They don't need to have thugs attack you every 30 seconds throughout the entire world. Like, there's already... You can already express that part of the narrative in the locations that they're actually in, but... Until you yeah. get, until you get through the alley of lingering size, the fucking thugs attack you continually until then. Mm-hmm. And then they disappear from the entire, oh, maybe that's why I they don't really disappear.
1: Yeah. I think, I think I just, I'm, Oh yeah. Cause you did, you did go in a different direction for me. I did. I got, went there first, I think. And that's why I, I got you the, can rats go early. To the alley
0: of lingering size first. Isn't it just Northwest of the exit of the starting area? The Alley of Lingering Size is the place you don't go to until you have already finished the entire dungeon area and recruited Anna and then she takes you to where the she oh, supposedly found a body. That's the main story. Yeah, I'm misremembering. Sorry. Yeah. like this it's the game's so full of repetitive combat. And like if they're trying to do a commentary or something with the Motron Cube, it falls flat because like ultimately they're just re- they're just replicating it. It's an incredibly tedious combat gauntlet where you have to try to draw a physical map in order to even figure out how to get through this place but also like the encounters are tough enough that like i have to constantly go all the way back to the entrance to to rest to heal my party because you can't even rest in empty rooms because they're dangerous so you have to walk mm-hmm. all the way back through the entire maze every time heal then go all the way back to where you left off and I, I just thought I was like oh, fuck this <laughs> this is <laughs> this is this is not fun for me and it's bad videos for the audience I don't care so I just abstractly know that there's a party member in there somewhere eventually but f- he can go fuck himself because he's in like the wor- he's in some of the worst he's
1: content I ever good. seen. Yeah, he's not a very good party member or a uh interactable character honestly i don't remember him being yeah. interesting or m- very interesting there's some definitely low some low aspects of the game devastating you would do all that for fucking nothing <laughs> for nothing yeah it is it is very that's absolutely true <laughs> it's not nothing but it's still like really lame and it's yeah uh that's i think that's the thing with with the game there there's some lows to the narrative here and there part of it is because it's a game about philosophy in many aspects and and obviously the writers weren't experts in every single thing and uh sometimes it's really interesting the way they they sort of intertwine this this sort of really standard and run-of-the-mill philosophy school into the world of Dungeons and Dragons and other times it's just expository things about what experientialism is and it's just like oh you're just reading a wikipedia article at me okay goodbye mr giant giant hammer man uh I don't remember exactly how that went but that, that's my yeah, I, I I think it's later in the game. I think there's a like a smith, and he talks to you about the, this one philosophy that hasn't shown up yet. I, there's a faction also associated with it, but I, I, I
0: forget the details. The sensei, but I don't forget. The
1: se- yeah, he might be. Yeah, yeah, I think
0: so. Yeah, it probably the single most prominent faction in this in the second half of sigil. Second half, yeah. Um, and, and you get to go to all the sensory if... stones. The first part of that is cool. The second part of that is not very interesting.
2: <laughs> we'll I want to see, like, when, see. When, I go,
0: when I go to the VIP part of the Sensei place, you get to have like a series of of more viscerally interesting and also relevant to you memory stone experiences. But then there's another room where there's just like 20 short stories that are all just random, which is technically yes, like what the Senseites are there for. So it makes sense, but as somebody who then chooses to then exhaust all of the dialogue you're like oh what have i yeah. done what have i done yeah i read this three just, or something <laughs> these are all just random <laughs> stories that don't build on each other or connect to anything else and almost none of them even connect to like the world i'm experiencing in like interesting ways like it's not like oh this it's- is actually an experience of that blacksmith you saw over there and it builds from that because the sensates are not people you know generally so you're not going to find specific memories of characters you've met either
1: it's a little bit like what plain, uh, what Pills of Eternity did with the memories of people, of soul memories are, that you see. I don't know if you remember. There's some people you can click on and you read this like yeah. five minutes long dialogue of un, completely unrelated anything. It's just like some of them are interesting or some of them are well written, some of them are goofy, but it's just unrelated. So I didn't do that at all in my let's play. I did like I skimmed some of them and I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. Let's read this one. As those treat. were like
0: the specific memories of those characters, weren't they? No, they were the soul memories. Uh-oh. They're related to the people
1: whose souls, had, well, where the soul was before. I think so. I might be wrong. I'm not, I, I, I don't remember exactly everything about Pillars. Um, but what if, like, all, all, these, all these things that we're talking about playing Torment, right? What if I told you? There's a game, also called Torment, that was set up to be the sequel or, or the spiritual successor to Planescape Torment. That does not have random, meaningless combat. That, uh, instead of forcing you to navigate through levels and and sort of solve puzzles by navigating and just having to rest and fight in a bunch of things, actually does things in text. You can just go through adventures when it's complicated. You can do it in, the, in a text adventure. Um, that uh, has characters, the uh, party members that are meaningful to the story, and uh, and engage with you directly, not not necessarily as oh here's this bit and it's unrelated. Uh, well, Planescape Torment does that as well, to be fair. But um, I think I think Torment Tides of Numenera is the game I'm talking about. Um, is uh, is a lot better in terms of like engaging your, or all of your companions with with the main storyline, and it's a game that you can finish without fighting at all, even though I didn't do that. Uh, it's a, It's got kind of an interesting idea um, in combat where, for example, you can, you can basically force skill checks. Uh, like you're, imagine you start combat with somebody who's really pissed at you and you're like, oh, maybe I don't want this. Let me let me try to do this skill check here for this non-combat option. And while you're in combat, you do a non-combat option. And this happened only happened to me once in specific because I wasn't looking out for it. Uh but it's kind of interesting because you're used in role playing games where once you're in combat that's it that's that's your solution the, you fight to the death and that or to whatever cutscene comes after and uh and that's the solution and Tyera doesn't do that it, it if you even though you start combat sometimes uh or sometimes you can start combat and still be allowed non non combat solutions, which is really cool and it, the game does that to did that to me specifically very close to the end, which was kind of a good highlight, and I remember them promising that. It's not very prominent, but it's an interesting way of, of solving the issue of, sometimes people just want to fuck you up, and you just need to allow the game to tell that story, instead of you know uh, in, instead of forcing and not force the player to, to fight basically, because that's kind of tropey, that's what happens that's, that's Baldur's Gate's experience it's just like, there's this, all this preamble to uh, to every fight there's the people telling their story and i I like it i like it uh and i I honestly it works really well for a game of that age but you look if you look closely it's just preamble to uh, yeah yeah you're gonna die and that's what happens they die
0: there is a funny (laughs) like just kind of a pace to a lot of crpgs where whenever you meet any kind of major villain there's like a one hour conversation followed by you killing them in 30 seconds or less yeah well, in Baldur's Gate, it doesn't happen like that. You usually die because they cast a the spell that you didn't foresee, so you need to yeah. reload. And uh, whereas in Torment, <laughs> in, in in Planescape Torment, you just taunt them with Mort, and then they don't. Their AI turns off, and then you just watch people auto attack for a while, and then they die. Yeah, Mort is a great tank. Absolutely, Mort is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> he is also that. Yeah, I, I can't get over uh, the fact he- that they had the guy that, like in in Torment, they had. The guy who voiced Q in Star Trek play the angel who has like two voiced lines in the entire game and then doesn't have any more voiced lines like they forgot. Uh, and then he talks for like a half an hour. And my first attempt got really messy because he kept casting super level crazy spells and obliterating us with his overpowered nonsense. But then the second attempt, I just I just taunted him with Mort and he just auto attacked for the entire fight. And so it was just everybody beating on this angel like it's the uh, the printer from Office Space. And that was the <laughs> boss fight. And like, what the fuck is happening? And that's the last proper boss fight in the entire game. Uh Especially if you mean like... Uh, I think so. Especially if you're talking in terms of like having like a party. Yeah, that's... For the final the, boss fight, you, do, you don't get to have a party. And so if you're a warrior, death, the final so boss fight is you just auto-attacking. And it's like, cool... <laughs> I don't. I don't Epic remember. Showdown.
1: Is it not possible to get more people to join you in the? In the last I don't fight? know. I, mean, I think I.
0: Was <laughs> I'm able not to the person that. to answer this. I had one experience yeah, with true. this game, and I every time I play any older RPG yeah. or even New Vegas or someone, everyone's yelling about all of the. F- everyone's yelling about the possibility space that I'm collapsing by making these choices, and I'm like, I didn't even know I was making choices half the time. It's just yeah, I was that's trying that's, to play the game. That's normal. People,
1: people who watch RPGs, they they don't know. <laughs> they don't know the mistakes that they made themselves when they play the game.
0: Yeah, it's well because you only know the dissonance between the the playthrough you had and the playthrough you're watching, and and how they don't match up. So when you're playing the game yourself, you have zero idea what kind of opportunities you're missing or what possibilities there yeah. were because the game doesn't surface them, which is the problem I'm facing as the blind player. Yeah. <laughs> where I'm like, I don't. How would I? It's like I it's, I made a I, I made a uh, a post parodying this. Uh, in my community tab, like, I don't know, two weeks ago or something. Like, what did I fucking type? It was stupid, but I, I loved it. It's like, oh, yeah. Fallout New Vegas veteran. As you can see in my spreadsheet I built over a dozen playthroughs, the optimum new play- Vegas experiences, me, humming humming to myself, turns left. He just went left. He went left. <laughs> Shut it all down. Like, I'm just... Yep. And it's, like, obviously, like, they, what they mean is, oh, I failed in the, in, in the context. They mean, like, oh, I didn't get the exact correct context for this, m- like, murder investigation and accused the wrong person and fucked over what could be, like, who knows, like, I, I failed every companion quest simultaneously somehow or something. Like, it's, the, it's like, the level of of, uh, <laughs> of intensity yeah. the responses have, have happen at half of the time. But, like, from my perspective, I'm just playing a game and just, like, oh, what if I go over here? Or uh, maybe I can try this. And then it's like you—you you have no idea. You've—you've you've cost the war effort thousands of lives. Like, like I don't. What? I don't. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I just happening. killed some
1: big mosquitoes. What are you talking about? Yeah.
0: So from my perspective, <laughs> it's the equivalent of like I turned left, and that was the—that was the greatest crime. <laughs> like it's—it's yeah. it's just surreal to see. Like I'm just—I'm just playing along, vibing, hanging out in this here. Uh, in this here Fallout are, game, and then the videos come out, and, the, and then the 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 comments just have a completely different experience. they are definitely games
1: Fallout New Vegas for sure, um, but like old school designed RPGs are games where they have a cool story to tell, but you're not going to be able to see it the first time you play the the game, or most likely or not, and you're not going to understand all the nuance and like and they're not. I don't think they're written and designed to be like that. They're not. Like there's so much hidden stuff, to like in particular for all New Vegas, um, to the nuance of of uh, of uh, the, um, the the side quests and the way they relate to each other, and I there's some glaring mistakes, uh well at least I consider them glaring mistakes. In particular, one and I, I remember there being another one that I just thought of, but I forget. Uh, the the Powder Gangers in Fall of New Vegas, they are slave labor. The game explains that they are slave labor, and nobody ever talks about that. They're just the NCR doing slave labor, which is what the game wants you to know. The game tells you that, and it, it, is, inconsi- it is absolutely consistent with what the NCR is. It's just that nobody, uh, no, no character in the game ever says, hey, it's kind of shitty that they they imprison people and then put them to work in the mines or whatever they're doing. I mean, the only that, commentators- that is
0: a genuine blind spot in real life, so I guess it's realistic that people yeah. don't think of prisoners as slave labor, because that is a genuine real life. Uh, it is hypocrisy yeah. is that people will will look at somebody like the the uh, not the cons. I almost did it again. We got like Caesar's Legion, uh, and they're constant. They're like they basically brag about being slavers the entire time uh mm-hmm. and, and they they'll they'll go on about how savage the C- uh, Caesar's legion is for their slavery while not giving a shit about the idea that NCR uses uh prisoners as a way of justifying slavery which is what yep. happens in real life yep yep 100% uh, so the very at the but, very, but sl- at the very of- least if there's any blind spots in Vegas it's often in ways that are Interesting and clever because it is the thing they that we're, that's like it reflects reality in an interesting way and isn't just like a I, weird plot. I agree. Whole.
3: I agree. And I, I, I didn't
0: I, let anyone take the
1: damn. it was all mine. I think that's my ending as well. I don't remember. That was my you, last Hunt? ending, not my first. Uh,
0: <laughs> um, I've been. I'm accidentally aligned with NCR just because the the Caesar's Legion sucks fine. so much that I'm just like, well. I guess I'll I'll help you in this situation and then that happens He's 10 times friend. and you're like fuck I don't like the NCR. Why am I working for the NCR? And then I'm like because we N- live th- in a society Keith. Yeah. We live
1: in- that's the moral they, of the story you're like, getting the experience. Like I, I
0: just had it recently where I'm just like <laughs> the fucking NCR is like we want you to to torture and interrogate this prisoner and I'm like I don't want to torture prisoners for the NCR. Then the prisoner's like, you know, we like to use slave collars. And if I put it on just right, it constricts their blood flow in a way where they like, they never get used to wearing it. They always remember it's there. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're just going to fucking evil monologue at me, I guess I'll punch you for a while. God, why are you doing this to (laughs) me? I don't want to work for the NCR. (laughs) And now they're now they're I sending like, kill squads after me, so now they're just going to be madder at me. And I'm like, I don't like the NCR either. I don't want to be their friend. I just want to join. I just want to join the Followers Commune or whatever. That, I, that they seem no, nice. They I, haven't, I haven't been to their like actual base yet. Oh, that's the best.
3: they the
2: best.
3: Yeah, my first interaction with Caesar's Legion was going to like the town with the lottery or whatever. You yeah. killed them all. And uh, yeah, because I, I was like, yeah. I need to get into that <laughs> house. And they were like, you need to fucking leave. I was like, no, no, look, I don't care what you're doing to these people. Just let me go in the house. It's all I want. And he was like, no, sorry, get the fuck out. And so I just wiped out, like, the entire yeah. town and just walked in, into the house or whatever. And then, like, a couple hours later, I'm just, like, doing my business. I'm having a good time. And I was like, what the fuck are those weirdos doing down there? And I, like, bring out, like, my little binoculars. I look. I'm like, wait, are those, like... Th- like romans what are they dancing around for and then i noticed they're like walking towards me slowly like (laughs) and it's just like a hit squad (laughs) yeah, hit squad there to kill me forever and i was like oh i guess i have to deal with this now and so i just like beelined it over to caesar's camp to wipe them out immediately just like i had to get rid of it um, because it was like such an inconvenience (laughs) to have people just like yeah like i'm just in the middle of doing a quest i'm like hey guys how's it get him God, can I just talk first and then, like, we just set a time and date to go, like, do a stupid
1: showdown on the street? lot. stop. Why you so you can deal with them? They show up. Okay, I'm I'm confused about Caesar's Legion
0: because I don't have time. They keep (laughs) hating me more and more, and then I still keep getting to walk into their camps and talk to them all, like, like their quest givers. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Why aren't? (laughs) Why do I not shoot on sight? But I also think I figured out why I kept mixing up Caesar's Legion and the cons. And it's because i think the cons oh. were the villain that filled the similar role in fallout 1. Yes. So they practically feel yeah. like the same people up to including being like the the people the slavers for, that are coming in from the outside and being a nightmare. Oh, the slavers
1: in fallout 1 is different,
0: but they're the, the cons also
1: weren't very nice.
0: Well, don't don't the aren't the cons there just to to enslave Tandy? Uh they are, yeah. Yeah yeah so it's like i that's why i'm mixing up slavers. caesar and the cons because they're like oh no wait the slavers show up they, just, they too, just seem to be the same people one. again so i'm just like yeah, yeah, yeah. So just no, slotted. you're right. So, so they you're just right. slotted right in. So when people started saying the cons, and then every time that the cons are described, they just sound like Caesar's Legion. I just conflated the two in my head, and honestly, I struggled to separate the two. The primary difference that I can come up with Have you found is just count, the fact the that cons? the cons seem to be the 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 equivalent of the being the indigenous people. They're not really the indigenous people because this is like seven times it's over in america. conquered america so like <laughs> there's like they're yeah. so far from root for being any kind of indigenous but they were the people that were there first before the ncr and so they're being displaced by the ncr who are thems- themselves being displaced by the the uh caesar's legion, caesar's legion. so there's I, a... have
1: you found the cans
0: already i, I don't know i don't okay. think okay. so I, I found a an con and and yeah that's normal. You found found Akon? How's he doing? I found the sniper con that's shooting at an NCR refugee camp and at that one it's like confusingly The the quest is written like you're supposed to find a non-violent solution and this is a misunderstanding. And actually the morals are more complicated than you think, and so on, and you're supposed to be thinking it's more complicated than it really is. But then he just monologues but then he just monologues at you about how they were the scourge of the wasteland and stuff like that, and they were so cool for how evil they were. And I'm like, why don't I just shoot this guy? And then I just shot this guy. (laughs) So it's See, like, yeah. That's why like, I'm, I'm not gonna spoil. I'm, like I'm such a sucker for those like fucking peaceful solutions. or all oh, it's it's this is actually a Star Trek Next Generation episode and it's a misunderstanding and you need to find the alternate solution and so on. They but he's just monologuing bull. about how evil he is at me and I'm like, why would I? Why <laughs> am I putting in extra work for this guy? These people already send kill squads after me. Fuck them. See, I don't think you. I don't think right? you get yourself over like, anything. My, but
3: go ahead. Sorry. You no i just like the, the, that's what I'm saying is like that's how I play games
1: though it's like <laughs> why yeah. Well, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like there's fucking nuance here this guy is literally the insane the cons are interesting like, though they have, later on you find them and they have an interesting story I'm not gonna spell anything they're bad at being uh, interesting because they keep attacking people to know <laughs> no but I, i'm just like, saying that if you them everyone up, in right,
3: fallout is interesting to tell someone else about but not to interact with so i'm going to wipe them out be, like it's, be, they're really cool to talk about but i don't want to be around them i don't want to look at them i don't want to hear them they just need to go away it's
1: the problem of of you need to just sort of concede to the specific designs of the game sometimes and be like, OK, People... I'm going to restrain from shooting up everybody in this town so I can have a, a, an interesting quest line later on with the Legion, which is what I did last time around. And there, yeah, there's, there's a little bit more stuff. But generally, the Legion is kind of forced to not attack you because they are such a huge part of the storyline that if you did just go all out in the legion and and then Caesar was like okay this guy this motherfucker is going to die right now uh it would fr- fuck up like 20% of the game it would be level wasteland 3 levels of fucking up honestly and uh, <laughs> they just decided not to do that <laughs> which i think is a good a good solution <laughs> instead of doing what wasteland 3 does which is like oh you killed this robot oh I'm, all of my cousins are going to kill you and their <laughs> cousins cousins and
0: yeah it's just the fact that I'm still torn up by the fact that even the people who are being terrorized by the robot are like, I can't believe you killed that robot. You're you're evil. I'm like, what? He, the first thing I, yeah. my introduction to that robot was him vaporizing one of your people, and I'm the bad guy <laughs> for shooting back. Like what? <laughs> Wasteland I'm Three is you, baffling. There there's just it, oh yeah, well I mean, what an
3: incredible it's cool guy. An the animal Wasteland, companion. Wasteland was so Three powerful. just had- it was so good, dude. Nothing was funnier than the moment of realizing it. Like having that oh, second, yeah. like that immediate of like, oh man, I guess we lost this fight. We're dead. And then watching the animals Crap, fucking a hard weird. carry and you're like, the number oh of my fights God, we got into, invincible.
0: yeah. <laughs> like we realized that even having level 1 animal companion and recruiting a chicken for each party member or something was more powerful than actually being good at combat. So in half of the fights, Andrew and I would instantly get one shot and then just watch our animal companions fight for us for the next, like, ten minutes and then win the fight. <laughs> and just, just, like, just watch it. the it's, game play out. It's
1: <laughs> so good, dude.
0: It's
2: such and a good game. It's it's just, backing
1: up a little, just backing up a little to a point I wanted to make about New Vegas and the nuance of storytelling. Um, and, like, the nuance of, the, not storytelling, but the nuance of the stories these games want to tell like there was one person I, obviously i'm I'm immersed in the world of fallout. I know all the lore, I mean, not the Bethesda lore because that that's fan fiction, but um I know, <laughs> like, I know I know all the things and um so I like there's assumptions in my head that never show up, so I, I know who the n c r are, what they stand, what the writers wanted to to do it with them originally, what New Vegas wants to do with them, and all that the, like. I'm playing the halfway through the game and rambling. Uh, so I, I played last time. I played New Vegas. I, I did it on stream, so people were engaging live, uh, and I was just rambling about whatever as I am ought to do. Uh, and there's somebody that commented about, "Hey, did you know that the NCR is not supposed to be the good guys? The writers don't actually <laughs> consider them the, the good guys." And I'm like, yeah. And then I went on a ramble about why that is, in, in the world of you know how it is. And I, what I found uh, what I particularly find fascinating, besides all the nice nuance, is that the literal remnants of the United States government are not the criticism of the United States government. It's the NCR that is the criticism of the United States government. Uh, so they they have that like not Caesar's Legion. Fact. No, the NCR is is basically a criticism of uh, uh the the bipartisanship by- oh, with uh, the.
0: Isn't the Brotherhood of Steel the remnants of the U.S. government or something? No, no, no. It's the Enclave. It's the, enclave. the Enclave. Okay.
1: Yeah, the Enclave.
0: Like, one of those other ones is... That's funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's confusing to think of it that, that way. Because, yeah, like, I, I think NCR... I only know this from, from outside of the game materials because I never met Tandy. But I, I think the Tandy from she was right there you could have clicked well it's Fallout 1's fault I know I know it is it's true (laughs) I don't know where the fuck the NPCs are which characters are characters for all I know Tandy died in my attempt to save the prostitutes or whatever from this enslavement that was happening or whatever the fuck happened in that storyline as well yeah like I think she might have just died I think I tried to talk to whoever was there when I saved them and I don't think Tandy was one of them so she just like I I, I, a character I didn't know existed died before I met them basically yeah, that's uh, what happens. But I think in the a in the canon, she like created the NCR. So it, that yeah. means so, which is confusing because yeah, like if, if there was any uh, faction in New Vegas that I would think was a remnant of the United States government, it would be the NCR, both because they act like they are and because they're basically named that. But uh, yeah, it's just and also like the it was flaws just started by some are... people one day. The flaws of the NCR, it's mostly,
1: I think, because the flaws of the NCR are, are the satirical flaws that you'd put on a criticism of the United States government. Uh, and Fallout 2 doesn't do a very amazing job of doing that, but it is still there. The sort of um, detachment from the politics and the the day-to-day life, it's still there if you look for it. And and the corruption, and specifically the corruption with the people who give you money, uh, like in particular Fallout 2 is is the the farmers and uh and so the the sort of buddy buddy uh lobbying relationship with the government and stuff like that so, so it is the theme of that but new vegas just goes out just go all goes all out in that in that sort of criticism there's so many side quests related to the ncr to show consistently it's about uh the, how bad they are or no i mean sometimes about how good they are because there's there's um there's good size of the ncr obviously uh but the uh but even then, it, you might just be of the opinion that those good sides are not good and they're bad. So, it, 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 you know, it's still what I'm trying to say is the side quests of the NCR are all about allowing the player to be like, OK, I don't like these people or I like these people. Um, culminating, in my opinion, with that amazing line. Um, uh, of, uh, we're with the government, for fuck's sake. I don't remember. I, I remember who says it, but I don't remember exactly what he's talking about. But it's like we're trustworthy. We're with the government, and he's the government of the NCR specifically. is just a scientist, uh, and it's an interesting quest as well because uh, it's it's uh, it comes from a lot of sides. There's a lot of people with perspectives on the same thing. But what I'm trying to say is that the nuance that allows people to be like play the game for the first time and be like, oh, it's the NCR. The Caesar's Legion is bad. The NCR is fighting them. So they're the cool guys, and people just take things on face value, which is normal if you're not engaging critically with the media you consume. Um, but they look at the NCR and is just like, okay, they're the good guys. They're going around. They look look at that. They look like the United States Army. I've watched movies. I know exactly all of the, the how that I'm supposed to think about this. But then you start to, like look at the nuances and think, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, jarring...
0: I, I don't know how you could ever make it through the game and still think the NCR is this this uncomplicated good guy faction like just because every single side quest is itself yeah. some kind of commentary it always is somebody abusing yeah. power or it's somebody who's incredibly incompetent in a in a position of power or being trusted as an authority or something like the yeah. like at the power plant where the guy is just making shit up as he goes along or uh yeah that guy, that guy got yeah. me It <laughs> it's very funny <laughs> or how uh you know, like they, they their basic communication doesn't work with each other their none of their bases work there's a t- ton of people that are basically just in like shame camps where they're supposed to just be ignored because they're not useful to the organization uh there's yeah. a lot of betrayers uh you con- basically every single time you do a quest that doesn't involve caesar's legion Somebody comes in as a third party and it's always morally correct to side with that person over the NCR on the mission the NCR sent you on. Like that's like yeah. just a consistent fact. Like it's me really like, oh yeah, this thing's basically evil and, and and humanity. Like, oh yeah, we should delete this data. <laughs> like this, this <laughs> well, just this happens over is, and over again.
1: I like I um establishment or or the love for the establishment is so uh deeply ingrained in people's brains that it does create literal blind spots in in uh in everybody that it has a love for the establishment so when games present a faction as the establishment though that sort of that, that style of people which is a lot of people uh that style of people just you know defaults to these guys are 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 good or or to just make up excuses for that so i think when you say i don't that you don't understand how people would say that i think the only reason why people would uh, would think that that they're uncomplicated or relatively uncomplicated is because of blind spots towards the establishment, uh, and I, I don't think that's uh, that's where I think New Vegas is not necessarily a political game, even though it is about politics, is because it, it's not interested in telling in, in teaching people to look be, uh, beyond, beyond their their uh, preconceived notions of who's right and who's wrong, and uh, it presents criticisms of. Things in real life as wrong or right, but you know you can. It, if you're if you're a person who just likes it like that, if you know what I mean, it just yeah. Well, you're gonna come out of the game thinking, yeah, the NCR is good. They're actually right because it does happen though. It's like, it's like Mass Effect. Um, I'm I have a read on Mass Effect that the writers of the game did not want that did want did not want that read to exist, which is that the Council is bad. Uh, that and uh, I I have there's many points it's not just one thing one throwaway comment is oh wait a minute there's this thing where the the they, they uh specifically exclude entire not just countries but planets and planets of people based on their race from from actually having political power uh, th- it's not that one aspect it is that aspect as well very much so but the council in general is bad and the game just thinks of it as good and and to the point where in mass effect 3 i'm, I'm having a lot of fun with mass effect 3 uh, but mostly also <laughs> rambling at it. But there's this one thing where, uh, where it's like, ah, oh, it's always the same. The council is always the same and whatever. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's why I blew them up. <laughs> they came back, motherfuckers. Uh just because the game is so married to the notion of keeping the establishment or what when I want to say establishment. What I'm saying is the, the state of things, keeping the state of things as they are and preserving the status quo. Mass Effect is a game married to that. And there's a lot of games married to that. Um, of uh, the restoring things to what they were, this big this big monster comes out from space and attacks this thing. Let's restore it. Uh, this, there's this uh, this this whatever the mass relay thing, the red mass relay. That the, the, oh, there's bad things back there. Let's prevent them from destroying the things that we are as they are. The main story of Mass Effect is about preventing change. Obviously, the change being mass extinction. But still, what I'm trying to say is the preserving the status quo is a really powerful thing and uh sometimes you just have the wrong read on your story in mass effect i think has the wrong read on specifically the council is
0: it is mass effect 3 about preventing change when you spend the entire game resolving the conflicts that were set up over the entire trilogy
2: um I mean, I'm, isn't I'm talking about like
0: being like whether you assimilate like your trying the to Reapers stop or not.
2: Yeah, 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 uh, I, I
0: know he's yeah, trying to not get uh, genocided, but aside from that, yeah, like every single chunk of Mass Effect 3 is about visiting the major oh, locations like, okay. that you've been built up over the last two games as being like the core conflicts and issues that have yeah, been yeah. set up. And then you point. you have to permanently resolve them in catastrophic ways. That is a good point. That is a good point. And it's it, uh, the game. That's why I'm having fun, honestly,
1: because those those challenges are interesting, and the the game keeps just having misunderstandings about specifically the Krogan, uh, and the game just not acknowledging that it's genocide to basically make them not
0: uh, be able to have kids. I don't think the, I don't think you can accuse them of, of it of not knowing it's a genocide when they literally call it a genophage. They do, but they ne- the,
1: the excuses, even the excuses made by Paragon is always like, "Yeah, but it's kind of maybe they're not bad, you well, know." Maybe I, we I don't shouldn't... think
0: Paragon's necessarily supposed to be a good guy. Paragon is just it supposed is, to be no. the by the books guy.
2: It the, th-
0: the game just I'm I'm go- I'm not going with Paragon. I'm going to Renegade. Renegade inherent, is even worse. You are inherently <laughs> trapped in some variation of being a cop man, and yes, so that's the 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 thing. Two, that affects is his characterization no matter what.
1: Well the renegade is cop as well, but Paragon is the, the copiest of cops. And like one of them is I, I, copaganda in,
0: and the other one is dirty hairy. Yeah, it's a little bit like that.
1: It, but I, I just think in particular the Genophage, uh the game does not uh, acknowledge the the basic reality. You know like, it's, it's very complicated and there's a lot of nuance here and there. But the basic reality of the people who aren't born yet are they are blank, they're blank state a slate. You don't know what they're going to do ever, ever at all, ever, ever. And if they're born in a country that is at war with you, yes, they are. They are. You know, there's that country is having bigger population, but the people are not at fault.
0: The the the, I mean, the I people think aren't I think you can born get yet. a pretty clear read. That is supported totally. by the game of the idea that, that not only is this a genocide with it being called a genophage and everything, but it was literally a group. They, they were a their own separate indigenous people that were specifically exploited by other people because it would benefit them in a war. And then you see yeah. like the ruins of their society and you visit that. And there's just this understanding yeah. that like they built this society. These, are, these aren't somebody else's ruins. These are the Krogan ruins that you're walking through just... When you meet their Liotta faction, you're says, just walking across rubble of stuff that, like, they clearly made and were and were destroyed because of the conflicts brought on directly yeah. because of yeah. their exploitation by the Solarians. It's like I think it's very explicitly, obviously in the text that they, they, like everything that they had, any progress they had, is is curbed by what was no, done no, no, to I, them from the outside and so i don't think you I'm, can really read it yeah. as being like oh the it's not bad the krogan's deserve this or something or we're neutral on no, no, this no, like, they're very say- obviously in the right the <laughs> slarians yes. are very obviously in the wrong
1: i'm not saying that they're not in the i'm not saying that the game thinks that genophage is bad or uh, thinks the genophage is good uh like what i'm saying is it thinks it for the wrong reasons <laughs> uh it's like be, uh, it just it doesn't acknowledge the 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 fundamentals of a plague that makes people infertile to, you know, it's only 1,000, one in 1,000 that isn't infertile or something like that. And uh, and, and, and that's on top of all the other like racially tinged or racism tinged uh, things that they talk about the Krogans. Like for example, the related to how many kids they have Uh, and the way they talk about them having kids. Um, the uh to relate it to their brute strength as a, a reason to fear them which is like motherfuckers you literally have planet destroying ships what are you talking about a krogan can do shit Is do it what it's gonna punch you well it's gonna bigger muscle makes the weapon go more pew pew is that what it is <laughs> and like, but it isn't the game it isn't though the game is aware like in a way the game is kind of aware of this dissonance that i'm pointing out just now and what it does is just it's just consistent like for example there's this dialogue with with joker where they're talking about the how, the war the the war uh, uh, sort of maneuvers of the krogan because the krogan just, just you recruit the krogan and it's like hey, yeah we're going to fight the the reapers with with the krogan and um and there's this completely banal conversation with i don't know if it's with Edie or with the joker but it's one people one of the per- people in the cockpit and they're talking about okay they're going to need food they're going to need people to to, uh, they're not, they're going to need sheeps, ships, they're going to need uh, uh, resources, a bunch of things. And it's played as if it's a, a like it's a bad thing to hire the Krogan because they're a bother. Look at all these things that we're going to need to do t- for them. And I'm like, yes, that is how war works. You need supply lines. You need all this stuff. Yes. Do, do you expect these people who were have been subjugated for thousands of years to have all this stuff? They don't even have ships. <laughs> they, they literally do not even have ships. And uh, th- th- I think... I think it's just... The game just does not understand... Uh, it's not understand, but it doesn't... It's not willing to accept that it sees the Krogan in a racist perspective. Like, it, it, it treats the Krogan with a different set of rules. Specifically in regards to how strong they are physically. But there's other things as well.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like, you,
0: I haven't played it since before you, Andromeda came out. <clears throat> Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, it's it,
1: I am going out of my way. Well, it's not going out of my way, but I'm making a conscious effort to stay stuck to this sort of prism on the on on the, the game, and and so I'm looking out for stuff. I'm I'm, I'm picking on things. I'm like, oh wait, wait 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 wait, what did you say there? What was that? And then sometimes it's really really minute things like the. the the sort of undertone of this conversation that we're having that is banal, but you're like, wait, why, why are we having this conversation? What is the point they're trying to make? And just sort of, I'm picking up on this stuff and I'm criticizing it very, very aggressively, but I'm having fun doing it, but it's still, what I'm, all I'm trying to say is that nuance can happen without the author's intent. And I, 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 Like this is not a call out on the authors of mass effect. It's uh, this, this uh, like, I'm not an expert. So all I'm saying, I'm just some fool. Don't, if you disagree with me, it's totally fine. Uh. But what I'm trying to say is that you know it's the, it, unless you're like interested in in in, uh, in this sort of discussion about racism and in, inbuilt ingrained uh, prejudices and uh, and stuff like that, you, you're going to write stories that just reflect society as it is, and the Krogan, and, and especially when you're talking about uh, interracial wars and racism, because Mass Effect does talk about racism. Just does it in a very ham-fisted way because the writers didn't, didn't really care to learn about that because you know you need years to learn
0: about that. Take that Drew. Damn. Was it Drew Cap Sason? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Drew is. I, <laughs> I thought it was it was the writer of Mass Effect. Oh I don't know. his name is not Pepper though. But <laughs> it's it's also Pepper. like the, the work of so many people
1: that sometimes, like for example, um, Ashley in Mass Effect 1, uh, the racist uh, person, in, like she she, conve- she conveys this sort of very ham-fisted anti-alien perspective where you're, you're given a chance to agree with her in like, with k- m- mittens, and just like, uh,
2: yeah, you kind of have a point
1: here, or you can just call it, yeah, what I'm trying to say, like kid gloves, that's what I was trying to say um because you either agree with ashley and it's like ah you kind of have a point but we sort of need them a little let's not change the main storyline okay or you just call her out on her shit and she just sort of changes a little uh eventually mass effect 3 she's not even racist anymore it's just like different she's she has the <laughs> best makeup well, like i tried to make my character have like normal <laughs> like, and i ashley shows up where the sentences are going. Ashley shows up in the letter, right at the start of the game with, like, looking like she's freaking out of a L'Oreal or whatever uh advert and I'm just like, motherfucker, why does she have the me- the best makeup? But whatever.
0: <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that's the, the race. No, she's not, she's not Cerberus, never mind. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's she's and the suddenly, racist lady. The- she wasn't racist anymore. It is kind of a little lo- like that, yeah. <laughs> but
1: I think like Ashley it kind of plays as the in-
0: racist, but not anymore dragon (laughs) it kind of looked as
1: if they wanted to have her in the game but not address that thing that they talked about in in the game
0: so it is literally and suddenly she's not
1: racist anymore
0: like i I am mixed up on that a little bit because i i feel like ashley is in that scene correctly predicting the plot of the mass effect trilogy and is sometimes i don't remember if there's other context to it that drives it harder but i feel like she's being less racist and more just realistic about what it's like to be the new essentially like the new nation in this intergalactic like civilization and how the moment things go bad they will look out for their own instead of your civilization which is what happens like he's she's just described in that conversation she describes the plot of mass effect 3
1: but the reason why that it works is for one because the the game is not aware of its own inbuilt racism and and so it it falls on the same traps so when she when the racist says hey this is going to happen the game ends up actually making that happen because it's the world view of the the people who wrote the game not again not calling them racist or anything it's just sort of like ingrained in the thing because the what you're saying is you know people looking out for their own race only happens because the council as an institution is racist and it it maintains that racism, and it, it doesn't give power to uh, the people. And when it does, it's based on their race. It's just obviously in a racist system like the
0: council. Yeah, the civilization is organized in a way that keeps happens. each individual uh, intergalactic civilization or whatever the right terms for the stuff is. I don't. Yeah i'm getting that's, that intergalactic civilization is somehow like somehow both those words were wrong but whatever you, yeah you know, I, like yeah. each faction is is kept as its own separate faction even both yeah. inside and outside of the, the of the council based on how their overall everything is organized it's why I, f- I feel like people are a little too hard on ashley because i'm like she's just having a correct read on the setting that no. she's in she's just correct she is, in that se- in that conversation is... <laughs> She is, but, like, the point of her character is to be the racist, though.
3: Yeah, but also, no, like, people But call... how is she being racist? She I, doesn't, I, I, like, I show said, like, I noticed that. She's oh, like, she
0: does... ew, gross, Krogan. I just <laughs> noticed that every single player individually calls her out as being the racist, but then does not have any, like, usually does not have any larger response to the game she's in that where everything she said was right.
2: The,
1: you're right. You're right. But what I'm like, couple this, couple that with what happens with uh, specifically the other guy. I forget his name. The Honcho Man from also Companion. James? Um, is that even uh, a character's James? name? <laughs> James is from James. Mass Effect <laughs> James. James is Mass Effect 3. Uh, in Mass Effect 1, there's Hayden. Is it Hayden? It is Hayden. Yeah, it is Hayden, Hayden. Right? Or is it Hayden? that's the one. Uh, I th- He died. I killed him. Uh, or whatever. <gasps> uh, but... Um, yeah of course i'm gonna save rex uh or that's not the
0: choice it's caden or ashley caden or ashley rex is literally just a skill check skill check that is uh yeah if you're not not charming enough you lose the best character
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah that's true Just like
0: real life at
1: least I killed Morden on purpose, so that was great. Uh Why? But, what? Right, what is? <laughs> is the, uh, Morden is the the space Nazi. He's literally the person who created the genophase. But he and sings he a funny goddamn, stage
0: dude. play song. How bad could he you be? Know, no, it makes. He sang "Springtime for <laughs> Hitler."
1: Thinking Nazis is worse. But no, no, just just sorry, not to distract myself too much. Couple of that uh, we're what fucked you're saying about already. <laughs> That's true, yeah. But couple of that what you're saying about Ashley with Caden. And Kaden has this dialogue. I think I've talked about it in the, in the podcast before. But he has this specific dialogue where um, it, it's a kind of a throwaway dialogue where he talks about having the experience of accidentally killing uh, a uh, Torian in the academy, because whatever academy he went to. Uh, so apparently the Torian was just being a dickhead, according to him, and he punched him. And by punching him, he killed him somehow. It, it's explained in the storyline. Uh, but he specifically says, Caden <laughs> says, I didn't kill him because he was a Turian or I didn't attack him because he was a Turian. I attacked him because he was being a dickhead. And the game shows a complete lack of awareness that that sort of argument doesn't, it's not actually an excuse for, for, uh, it's not a, it's not a, it's not, that argument doesn't work for excusing racism. Cause it's like, if you have, if you are predisposed to seeing Turians as dickheads or if you're racist against Turians, then yeah. You're going to think of him as a dickhead a lot faster than a human and you're going to punch him you're not going to punch him because he's a Torian. you're going to punch him because he's a dickhead but it's still a racist reaction and the game shows no self-awareness in that and and it's like one of the classic so easy to tell um things that uh, uh, racialized people suffer from is being the biases a, a that would lead to those
0: kinds of reactions yeah
1: yeah, 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 and and the people who do those those uh, reactions don't are not even aware, and they, they oh no, I have I have I have a black friend, I don't I hate oh, black. I people. don't know, man.
3: Torrens were responsible for the fucking bad part of one, and they were specifically the ones telling me that it couldn't be them because that guy's a good guy. Maybe so, they're not the best judge of characters or people. Maybe so this, we. This should This is just an example of Andrew
0: being them. racist. <laughs> <laughs> Saren being single handedly the fault of the Turians, apparently. <laughs> but uh, he is he is, uh,
3: he represents all Turians throughout the entire galaxy. Every wow. time you meet one, you're See, like, "Hey, wait racism. a second, that guy reminds yeah. me. That reminds me of let him." Let
0: him <laughs> but
1: that's good racism, though. That that is the easy racism that is easy to point out. But Mass Effect yeah, to That's, that's
0: crash Mewis. the movie racism.
1: Yeah, master <laughs> <Just> incredibly <laughs> obvious racism. It tries to make it nuanced and fails at it and shows that they don't actually understand
0: racism because it's Ashley was it's, correct. It's part of Karen why it's interesting to have, like, even bad art is interesting in its own way, because, like, yeah, 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 even if uh, even if Mass Effect and uh, New Vegas are genuinely completely oblivious to what they're doing in some of these contexts, they still illustrate it so accurately that it has value. Oh, 100 percent. And again, I'm not calling Mass Effect out. I think it's an amazing trilogy. I'm I'm having I really lots like of fun the Mass Effect trilogy, even though you, like it can't ruin itself for me by being a trilogy where you play as cops and the hottest guy is also a, a super cop.
1: See? <laughs> See, if that is your threshold, or or it's not even in your threshold, then nothing else can be. Um, well, maybe other things can. Be. I my point is, I'm having a lot of fun. from gameplay style, from gameplay wise. It has its downsides, I think, specifically in regards to space exploration. But, and also the move, the cover system Jeez. is the worst thing that I, I <laughs> hate it. You can't sprint anywhere because you're just always getting stuck in everything. Uh, so it's just like slow, and I don't use cover because I hate it. Um, but, um, but still, the storytelling is, is great. And I, I, I wish Bioware uh, kept doing games like that instead of whatever, that other game that they made last. What was it called? Oh, waterfall? <laughs> uh, don't chase those. Space Jet Simulator. What was it called? Waterfall. I don't, I never played it. Anthem? Do you know the one? Anthem, that's... Oh, well, where did I get
0: Waterfall from? Waterfall.
1: It has waterfalls in it.
0: Waterfall. I, think, I mean,
3: it does. Yeah, it does have waterfalls See? in it. You're not See? wrong. See? probably uh yeah i can can confirm it does i'm i'm confirm it does i'm just saying that that's not like that's not what you see most of the game i would probably say like mech game or maybe space iron man but like i would not say waterfalls to describe anthem
1: (laughs) i never played it so my my uh no one my perception of the game
0: yeah, I, yeah, I just but, said I did. Why, why are you ignoring me? Why would you play Anthem? I beat Anthem. You don't even like regular Bioware games. Why any? would you play the obviously bad one? Uh, I had a friend who wanted to play it. Yeah, no one to play it with. I decided
3: I would. Yeah, gross. Oh, right? oh yeah. man, um, Andrew,
0: I got no friends to play Fallout 76 with. I already played you Fallout do. 76 with Man. What I the can play fuck? Fallout... Stop! <laughs> I can play Fallout 76. I just. I should it. try, asshole. <laughs> like... So that's the <laughs> and line. Now you You'll play horrible you games for your me. friends, I've but you won't, play them, but you won't play them again.
1: <laughs> but I, I do think Bioware will never make another good game ever again. <laughs> as long as
2: they're. Within, <laughs> oh, Jesus. The... I mean, the science of the
0: the signs are not good. They've had two horrible games in really a row, and I don't cards. really, I don't really care about the, uh, the the company split between the two developers or whatever. Because
2: it's not a they're still split, being though. controlled
0: by the same publisher that's going to make them make these horrible choices. But it isn't a company split. It's just a trademark thing. It's just another studio that they made and they happened to call it Bioware something. It's I nothing. I don't
3: mean. I'm, I'm, not just saying, like, I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like I don't. I'm just saying that I
0: still see Andromeda as a bad sign for Bioware, even if it technically wasn't Bioware or whatever the fuck happened by the end. No, I see. Yes, like I'm still like that. Still, this is the incentive structures, yeah, and this it. is the poor management and and it's decisions that are being made here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's Silicon Cards. It happens to every studio. And it, it's just it's just the nature of a big corporation yeah. trying to make money. All the they murder all the... A
0: franchise by making a, a a a Mass Effect Andromeda or a Dragon or or a, or a uh, Dead Space three, and then ten years later they're like, oh, return to the roots of this uh, the legendary franchise we always loved and didn't think needed to be butchered to be saved financially. Uh, here's an amazing remaster of the first game because we love it so much and respect its legacy so much so that we sank the franchise by meddling with it uh, in both cases and yep. every other case. <laughs> yep, yep. I can't wait for oh, what EA sure. is like. Check out our amazing remaster of Skate, our favorite franchise ever. We didn't tank at all. <laughs> I think they did Skate. I,
3: I I'm, I'm not gonna say that. Bioware or uh, that Bethesda will never release a good game again. I will say they will never release a good game. So long as Todd is still running the damn thing.
1: You're thinking Bethesda or Bioware because those are different companies. Bethesda. Bioware is the same difference though. No one talked Uh, about
0: Bethesda. You fool. You absolute matter. But still, it's
1: the same criticism. I was thinking of of Fallout. Um, The system that drives their game design is flawed. In the sense that it's not meant to be to make interesting games, it's meant to sell. And, like, you think when you think of the original Dead Space, whoever came up with that idea, maybe they had a demo where, oh, this play style is really cool grotesque monsters in space, and they like the car crash victims in space.
2: I got really quiet. Did the call drop? Anything is, like
0: Discord just? Oh, uh, oh! Bro, did Discord just die? Okay. I think Discord just had like a. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know. Is. I was like, "Damn, no one liked my joke." <laughs> oh, I was rambling yeah. about. I yeah, just I, gone. Actually. No, I was Sorry. just like, it just like, yeah. like you talked about grotesque monsters in space, and then stopped talking. So I was like, car crash victims in. Yeah, yeah. Space. Well, I mean, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is. 10 <laughs> yeah,
1: I was I was just saying that they're really excited. Like when you make a game like that, that you're really excited to have people look at a new thing. It's not, you know, it's not uh trying to cash in on a on a brand that already exists. It's not trying to remake a thing that you know people already love and just want to see more or a sequel or a prequel or whatever else motherfucker goes on these days with all the multiverse shit. It's just a new thing. Yeah. The multiverse is like cancer to this sort of new thing perspective because there's nothing new. It's always going to connect to some other stuff. And like, any like, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. And Bethesda is just, they're, I mean, they're a little bit better. They're quite a lot better than electronic arts, honestly. But they're, they're just like, all they want is just to sell, to sell, to sell to the point where they're going to make Skyrim in space or, sorry, Fallout 4 in space. And uh, people are excited for it. And they called it Starfield. That's why If they called it Fall 4 in space. They wouldn't be excited.
0: I, I, think they'd be kind of excited. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I they'd be that's true. Actually, I, that's, I mean, ultimately, ultimately are pretty easy to play. I mean, it is interesting that they're actually. I don't remember. I don't know if Starfield is itself an existing IP from something else or whatever. But it's, for, I'm, it's interesting to just for once see one of these companies, especially the RPG making companies, start a new name. Because they were, they've been like across the board. Any AAA RPG developer has been just refusing to make anything that's new yeah. for like the last decade, except like uh, technically cyberpunk. No Obsidian. Not Obsidian though. Obsidian is not a AAA developer on any level. Okay, well, fair. That's not fair. really, at least, but yeah. And even then, Outer Wild, Outer Worlds was entirely advertised as being Fallout New Vegas in space. So speaking of the thing in that you space. said no one would be excited about, uh, that was the entire pitch for Outer Worlds. I yeah, I'm yeah, and I played that before I played. You've been defeated in Vegas. the marketplace of logic and reasoning. I guess before I beat. Oh. Vegas. Well, I expect, and of eternity. My, I expect
1: my check pills in the of mail. Eternity. Pills of Eternity is just Baldur's Gate 3, so there's that.
0: I, I defeat myself. My Everyone my is well. It's so
1: uncreative.
3: I cannot and, believe.
0: This. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the that's the struggle. Is like every single AAA pitch for an RPG because RPGs are so high risk because they're just a lot of work. Uh, every AAA uh, RPG is just a sequel to an existing franchise. So if you're somebody who made RPGs back in the Xbox like original Xbox era then you're stuck with those franchises you made back then forever. And you only make sequels to those franchises now. And you're not allowed to ever start a new IP for the most part. And if you're a more indie uh, RPG developer, that means you have to kickstart all of your RPGs. So they all have to be promised to be, uh, like most Kickstarter projects, uh, they have to be promised to be spiritual successors to a thing people already like and, and feel underserved about. So it's always like, here's Psychonauts 2. Here's our take on Baldur's Gate 3. Here's our take on uh, on Fallout in space. Uh, and then that, that other company is like, here's our, uh, we're going to make Run and stuff like that. It has to be like, it's, it's all yeah. follow up on specific nostalgic vectors. It's never like, here's my brand new idea that's completely untested. Support it so new things can happen. That is not how Kickstarter works either. That sounds but scary. Twinscape Why would you to- do that? But uh, Tides of Numenera is kind of a little bit
1: a little like that, a little, because it's a new rule what? set. The Yeah, Tides of It's a new rule set because of the Monte-, Monte Cristo tabletop games. Like, it, it doesn't use d at all. It's a completely yeah. different system.
0: It, it's should uh, I, it's should I on toaster on cold- he, yes. he, yeah he wrapped, he wrapped it back around the tides of numenera and i'm like ha 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 i've had his dms open about tides of numenera ever since it first got brought up and then we fucking went off into space on topics and, and i was like oh well oh. No, i can't <laughs> talk about this sorry but uh you can't know i i because I, I talked about how like you guys have diverging opinions on this so i i, I like a month ago i was like oh, i still gotta do the fortress of regret i think and then i'll be done with uh with planescape torment and he's like, I don't remember how long the fortress is. I remember it being pretty short. But basically, the last third of that game just blends together in my head. I played Torment as part of this genuinely insane franchise run where I played almost every major Infinity Engine and Infinity Engine inspired CRPG in a row. I burnt out after Tor- Torment Tides of Numenera because it sucked so hard. <laughs> and so I responded, Well, opinions are so divided here. And he said, it might have gotten slightly better than when I first played it because at release it was, but at release it was as a disastrous mess. It uh, but its systems blow ass, and its writing isn't good. It's also not even remotely Oof. a good representation of the tabletop system it uses. Skill checks are completely randomized; most of them can be redone on the spot, so you can just click until you get past things. It also has, without a doubt, the single worst boss encounter I've ever played in a video game. So I said, "Time for kinda, yeah." You. So I said, "Time for you and Colonel to battle out in the next podcast," which obviously didn't happen. He said it yeah. will be a boring conversation because it will be mostly just me saying Torment Tides is a half-finished game that doesn't even use the cipher system well and has a bunch of half-baked mechanics that, uh, and was also not really finished by the time development ended. And him probably saying, yeah, but it's good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think so. Well, I think in, in regards to the writing,
1: that might be the biggest or maybe the only point of contention. I do remember one particular boss fight was pain and crashed, uh, and I didn't enjoy it very much. Um, but uh I think I thought the writing was consistently great, uh, in the sense that uh it was utilitarian enough that it wasn't just oh I'm seeing this uh writer like putting out words and 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 uh justifying their paycheck. And and some like um so, sometimes it wasn't that. <laughs> but in most, for the most part, it, yeah.
0: listen, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> for the most part, it was utilitarian enough, where basically the, it kept things moving forward, even though we were just stuck in an hour and a half dialogue with the same character, and we were just hearing about these new things, and and it it was interesting. Uh, uh Rin in particular was a uh, tremendous. I I loved her, and it, she had a very straightforward storyline. Um, uh, and she st- sticks to my mind. Uh, but I I there's there's even bosses. That that have very flowery speeches like this one boss I forget his name now but there's this one boss where where he's just sort of like is addled and just sort of confused about things and he's just he's he's so much um and at first I was like my initial reaction was like oh this is kind of boring because it's just saying like I I get this guy already I understand where he is who he is so a, a thirty minute dialogue of sort of mixed exposition mixed playing the the madman sort of trope is is gonna get old very fast. Um, but I think in that particular instance, and it might not, might not have been the only time because I was actually saying things out loud, I started to see where the writer was coming from to, for that guy. And he, he just sounded like a heavy metal lyrics to me. It like, it wasn't, he wasn't rhyming or anything. It wasn't it, like he was just saying things, but he, it, it, it was just such a metal car, character in terms of like his perspective and just sort of attitude. I was like, "Man, this guy is really great." And I, I ended up it, it is like a half an hour uh, dialogue before a boss fight. You can skip the boss fight. The uh. you know, the the non. The non uh. Uh, well, that skip game is the just the boss
3: fight after a half an hour dialogue. What? Yeah,
1: yeah. That game is just oh all, dialogue throughout. It's it's more of a visual novel than than anything. Um but what I'm trying to say is because I was saying his lines out loud, I understood uh after like maybe 3 minutes. I understood um that his character was just sort of like an exercise in in uh and just sort of flow of a, a very sort of straightforward trope uh and in particular that was like wait a minute my pre my my original predisposition for this character was completely wrong or at least from my perspective and so yeah maybe it is because i i just say say everything out loud and it's just to engage with the dialogue different but i i remember enjoying the dialogue a lot and th- in those games i uh the biggest fear is that it's just flowery for the sake of flowery the the writing, because you advertise the game as having seven hundred thousand lines or however much it was, because it was something to that extent um, and it took me a hundred uh, actually I should look it up, but it Her took my fire
0: mind... orbs glimmered in the s- the dying sun <laughs>
1: what just in, in that language. sort of yeah, yeah, the purple pros sort of thing. Uh, the game took me 124 episodes of so half an hour each, more or less, um, to finish, and this was on release, so I, I haven't gotten gotten back to it uh, since. So we're talking like 80 percent of the, the time is just reading dialogue, and uh, that would be 60 well, around 50 hours of reading dialogue, which is a lot, right? Um, but maybe I was wrong. Maybe maybe the writing is not good. Maybe I I just liked it. And it wasn't good. It is possible, like you can enjoy n- not good writing, but I do think that there's some there's some standout characters.
0: And I have nothing to add because I was yep. quoting somebody. <laughs> yep. I, know what I, that game I like that the all. room that's entirely basalt columns. <laughs> the only thing I know about Tides of Numenera. It's the only thing I know about I a lot of games. It is the. It is a kind of. It is
1: the kind of game that if you don't like it, you're not you're not gonna like it, but because there's it doesn't offer anything else apart from its writing. I mean, it does it does a little, but it's as as Toaster is saying with the cipher system and the the implementation of the tabletop. It's so simplified. It's very very simple, very straightforward. Uh, and uh, the character system is barely any uh, barely existent which for me all of that is a plus honestly I, I don't need i don't need any of that it's fine just may, uh, may, might as well not even have character level ups or anything which i does he doesn't have level ups that's right that's just like a huge bonus to me honestly when an rpg doesn't have level ups this is like i mean come on how can you not love that rpg
2: He <laughs> doesn't as far
1: as i remember the way it works is you
0: you get like or like charms or, or items. This is how we course. relitigate and go back to war with the audience about the definition of RPGs. The audience doesn't know. They think it has to have combat. I mean, the they're audience, immediately, they're, wrong. they're constantly, yeah. Their definition <laughs> of RPG is basically that is that it's basically the fact that you level up. And it's like, they call things RPGs where you can never make any kind of role playing whatsoever or even the slightest choice. But you, your dexterity goes up, so it's, lo- it's an RPG. And I'm like, I hate this.
1: <laughs> if, you're Save just, me. if you're not critical of the definition, then they are correct. That's how RPGs are for computer games. But that's because computers didn't try to make the role-playing. They tried to make the character system. And you ended up with things like, uh, what's the first? It's a Calabeth, I think. Which is just like a Calabeth, I think it's the first RPG. Uh, which is just like a, a read-your-own-adventure-style combat system dungeon crawler thing uh, where you get uh, very basic one-liners or things like that, just saying, hey, here's where you are, this is the monster or whatever, and then you go through a dungeon and kill monsters. Because games couldn't have more complicated things than that. Obviously, it's a very complicated discussion because, you know, what do words mean? Is its it... Is it the their origin is what most people think they mean. It is—is it, is it actually the the root of the word? Because if like it's like, are we going back to the discussion about silent quitting? <laughs> You're not actually quitting. It's called silent quitting. It's like, <laughs> <you know laughs> what I
0: mean, um, the, the, the uh the RPG discussion was the original sin for the, our semantic arguments we have every episode.
1: Yeah, it's the sort of I mean, except I'm it's sure the one where we
0: agree. <laughs> So it's us arguing
1: with yeah, the audience. I, I it's uh, uh, like it's the I'm sure I'm not the only person uh but it's the conversation that I've been having on the internet since I started <laughs> having conversations on the internet. So people were going like, "Oh, Final Fantasy is like a very good RPG." And I'm like, "Oh, that's I've never seen any Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't actually it's just cutscene. Wait, it's an adventure game. What are you talking about? It's a, it's a tactical game. That's not an RPG. It
0: doesn't have any role-playing in it. You just run forward and da 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 da, 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 da. Now watch the story it, like, happen at I, you.
1: Like, for me, I never... Even, like, growing up, I didn't consider Diablo to be an RPG. Even though, like, it is, in the sense though of the genre. It's an action RPG, but it's, like... In the same way that Final Fantasy is an RPG, is a JRPG. Or a tactical RPG, like... But, uh... I just... I... I my first I think my first RPG was Baldur's Gate 2. And I uh, like I saw my cousin play it and uh, there's so much time spent in dialogue and the options, and I'm like, oh, this is what this kind of game is for. And then these days we have visual novels, and no, and actually, visual novels are you know, the, the sort of more di- more dialogue choice heavy visual novels. And it's just like that's what I saw the first time when I saw RPGs.
0: Yeah, the Even line blurs about- between RPG in and in different directions uh visual novels or immersive sims yeah it's actually relatively rare to find an immersive sim that doesn't feel like it counts as an rpg especially more than jrpgs do
1: well they they were invented to be the the next level of of rpgs they um admit i mean not 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 uh not a in those words specifically because they were sort of like the deus Ex was the thinking man's doom i think it was advertised as um so it wasn't actually competing man's doom? yeah was, i think it was the trope i wasn't around but i've seen what the stuff fuck? like fuck it was the thing like if if you're just oh, you're some kid you play doom but if you're like actually you know if you're the smart one you play De- deus x because it's still a shooter but it's like oh you got all this stuff going on which is i mean I, I like Doom, but it, it it I you I can I can see where they're coming from with that, but what they ended up making is the the because the, of just the inherent design of allowing player choice, they ended up making the next level or trying to anyway, the next level of role playing, which is I I think it's a dead end though it, unless unless we have unless AI evolves so much where where we can finally have uh you know proper choices like a tabletop. And even then, it's just going to be because the it needs to be a simple game. It can't be the like by definition, an immersive sim sim has to have immersive graf- graphics. So, how we're not we're never going to get there, I don't think.
0: Damn, I don't think that's really the point.
3: That's yeah, I don't think that's the point either. I mean, that's otherwise, we're, word, we're kind
1: of. I mean, we're the, almost there anyways with VR. Like, I, it's not it's where, it's where it's the word comes from the from the immersive sim, but. Uh, the The genre is about just making you think you're in another world, and so and graphics are a very important aspect they as X said tremendous graphics for the time
0: I think stuff um, reacting and... in a in a yeah, believable yeah, yeah, yeah. way is more important than it looking believable, so like gloomwood could be an immersive sim just fine if they pull it off without it well being like comically polygonal Gloomwood. well it would.
1: It would in it would in the sense like in an academical sense, but
0: I don't think. I, I, don't I think, think immersive sim is Sims about a mechanical expression more so than being like, wow, it's the, the game is indistinguishable from reality. Look at the oh, they, polygons.
1: You're right. You're right in saying that the gameplay is very important. It is specifically the being able to flush the toilets. I think as long as you can flush a toilet, you, it's an immersive sim.
0: Isn't that fucking but, nightmare? Eye bleeding, horrible assassin game that that looks like a deep. Fried meme isn't that an immersive sim
2: it I don't fried know what, meat, I don't think
0: that. I know what game that is it was, a, it was very big like two months ago it was like an indie game that's just it just oh. hurts to look at every second of gameplay is miserable to look at and it was like the most popular indie game for like a month and I think it was like an immersive sim about assassinating people or something
2: that's hmm.
0: unfortunate People, the, yeah, the, everyone mean, in the audience will be yelling it. But how the fuck would I look this up? <laughs> but like, is is uh, is Hitman an immersive sim?
1: Yes, I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think it is. You are yeah, you
3: are it, yeah. literally you are literally pretending to be an assassin. I think the like Hitman thing in the game is but you're looking at the game game Okay, good. his
0: argument's bad. Don't let his bad argument weaken my point. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, immersive okay. sims. Yeah, all of the Hitmans that succeed at the Hitman formula and are doing what Hitman's supposed to be, I think, also fit the entire premise of what an immersive sim is supposed to be.
1: They fit. They fit, but it doesn't mean that they that's
0: what they are going for. They might have what? not known what an they immersive weren't... sim was or not been thinking about that or maybe, but yeah. that's definitely what they made
1: that's i mean but yeah but that's that's, sometimes you reinvent the wheel
0: on accident i guess like i'm gonna have a game that's that's entirely my book but with visuals and like you know there's a thing for that already right what yeah
2: that's true i I,
0: I quote-unquote invented let's plays and that i didn't know they existed and suggested the idea to andrew but (laughs) they're still let's plays yeah
1: and I invented. I uh, invented Fallout. So I did invent that?
0: Let's Plays in my in my mind, and that I had the idea on my own. But the idea is the revolutionary <laughs> concept of what if you recorded someone playing a video game? Are you I, sure I you observed watch- a concept being funny. What if it was a video? <laughs> Are you sure he didn't watch anybody play Penumbra?
1: No, not Penumbra. What was no. the one?
0: What happened okay. is Andrew left a review for Amnesia: The Dark Descent about how it gave him nightmares and everything. I'm like, and I just thought about like, it'd be a funny video, just like if it had a wow, video of Andrew nice. of Andrew playing Amnesia.
1: That'd be funny. You, could, you came up with that before seeing the video. That's
0: nice. Yeah, I've, never, that, heard that of, I've never heard of PewDiePie. I didn't know what Amnesia was. I still haven't played Amnesia: The Dark Descent. Uh, that's nice, we nice. We never actually ended up making that particular video, uh, mm-hmm. but it was the I did try recording it and it didn't work out. Very it was the well. premise that made us think about doing let's plays. Because uh, I remember that's my first interaction with
1: Let's Plays was seeing videos about people being scared about Amnesia The Dark Descent. Yeah. And then a, a year later, I was watching StarCraft, which I think... I just spontaneously had the same
0: idea, because it's just a very intuitive idea. Yeah.
1: I say StarCraft, but I think it might have been Minecraft. Different kind of craft. A lot of crafting. The, um, I, I lost
2: yeah. my train of uh,
1: Oh, uh, we yeah. were talking about immersive sims and what the, how they represent how they stand in the niche of.
0: They're RPGs. all of the best video games, and they're never financially successful. Ah, they're and not basically go fuck themselves. Sometimes
1: they're bad. And honestly, they're I cooler think cooler than really anything good.
0: else. The, if you try to make an immersive sim, you're already cooler than the rest of video games. That's true, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be better. No. Dark like Messiah of Might and Magic is a bad video game.
1: Boom! Let's fight over it. I like it. I didn't. I mean, it's very. I there's a lot of yikes, but I like it.
0: That I I was so disappointed when that game turned out to basically just be like, as far as I could tell, was like, and maybe there's just way more interesting expressions that I never found or whatever. But like, it definitely just felt like when I saw all the promise of like Bullet Storm and how it's supposed to be so cool and quirky and crazy, and then like eighty percent of its supposed inventive kills are you just kicking people into spike walls over and over again. <laughs> it, that's nice i mean i like that like those are both games about kicking people into oh, spike fish. walls and they they claim to be about incredible mechanical freedom and i'm like wait i don't i didn't see cool options it's, you just fight people normally or you not kick them into spike walls <laughs> in both games yeah <laughs> but you're being both. too critical well, those are yeah good but why wouldn't you push. kick them into yeah. spike walls exactly it's It's like it's right there in the name
1: kicking them into spike that's not
0: the name of either of those games it's not dark messiah of kicking them into spike walls (laughs) that would be a really good subtitle i'd probably buy that game i i know you would (laughs) but you but you also bought anthem so you're (laughs) i can't trust you Inherently, that's
3: true. That's true.
0: (laughs) And now, Anthem would cost 70
1: euros or 70 dollars. Base game, I definitely did
3: not pay even close to that. I got it for free from PlayStation Plus.
1: So, Uh,
3: (laughs) I did not, I would not have bought that game. Anthem cannot be trusted,
1: but but I think the only good immersive sim, including Deus Ex damn is prey is prey prey is the only good immersive is sim. pathologic 2 an immersive sim no what you it's can't not. pet the rats you cannot pet the rats
2: what the fuck is that
1: metric
0: you, you, what does that mean
1: you can't what are
2: you talking you can't about pet rats sim? and
1: fucking prey <laughs> You can pet the rats in Days in
0: Ex. Are you day the, the fucking them. moderator? You them, do but you, you run cannot the, pet
1: them
3: in prey. Are you the one the game you specifically the d- <laughs> said is your favorite immersive sim? Damn! But you can do other
1: things. Yeah, you can do other things. Yeah, you can find rats but and put you cannot them into the, the
0: bio-organic cuber. Yeah, and turn you can turn them, turn them into, into, into little a, cubes. You can turn them into a rat little. cube and then use that to make a rat. Oh, that's the best power. part. That's the most immersive stimulus of the whole game. Is the I'm not trying to make a ratatouille. I'm just trying to fucking the matter cuber.
1: Oh, it's the best thing i love it so much and
0: that's so good. Gonna
1: matter cuber
0: yeah just, it's, a, it's a thing you're just talking about the you played prey didn't you andrew yeah yeah i was just talking about the thing where you you grab all these di- they they made fallout 4 but good where they because oh, fallout 4 tried to take the part where you run around in in bioshock and fallout games and just scourge the you just you just grab everything you see everywhere and, and so much of it is pointless but you can try to sell it or something but it's like oh i got a fork whoa and fallout 4 was like ah oh, yes that's that'll turn into mattresses and that'll turn into this other bullshit at the stupid base building thing that was like undercooked and not interesting mechanically on any real level after the first five minutes of you being like oh this is kind of cool you can build stuff uh i remember in it being play, like cubes. in particular the high demand thing was adhesive you'd always want to try to find something that would turn into adhesive in fallout 4 and count for that yeah, and in in mm-hmm. uh, in Prey everything in the game that you can pick up including enemies uh can be comb- can be turned into de- specific types of matter at the uh at the uh, at those matter recycler. reclaimer, recycler things yeah. and can then yeah. be reclaimed to be turned into like crafting materials or skill points and stuff like that and that was just fun in particular, because then they had the recycling grenade where you could throw a grenade at enemies and turn them into upgrade points. <laughs> it was just, just made a, Yay.
2: I used that. Yeah, I did use yeah. that a lot.
3: I, I remember getting a whole bunch of people together in one thing and throwing it and being disappointed. There's like a limit to how many, like, there NPCs it will grab. powerful. Yeah, board. I was like, damn, what the fuck? This sucks, dude. I don't want this. I want to get, just like, I want more. to turn the entire,
0: like, space station into a resource. <laughs> like, yeah. This is my cube room. It's where I keep the cubes. Yeah.
3: But also, it's really funny to watch them just sit on the ground. You're like, I can't use all these. I have too many cubes. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> too cubes.
1: <laughs> One of the things that I love about Prey is that it could be better. It's not the perfect game. It could have a better storyline. It could have more interesting combat encounters. You could have a bigger world or more choice. Tra- well, like, there's so many things that he could improve, but he doesn't need to. It's already right, like it's already so good. <laughs> Prey, uh, pray has a lot of room for improvement. If they make they, it does, it does. But if they make Prey two, they they have a tall order, and especially considering what they're doing right now and, and the way they're doing it. I don't. I mean, know someone that. else
0: tried to make Prey two, and it didn't go very well for them.
1: I think at this point, they're they can make
3: Prey two, and it would probably be like a godsend compared to everything else they've released prior. Dreadful. Like it's it's been Prey and then down. So if they came out with Prey 2, it'd be back yeah, up, like and then all the way back down.
0: Seems like one of the worst things you can do to your company is try to make Prey 2. has a very low survival rate. That Why would, would you say that? Too.
3: Now they're not going to make Prey 2. Is this what you wanted? Do you want a world so, without well, Prey 2? So I'm talking
0: about the fact that they already tried to make a sequel to Prey 2006 and that's that got not real prey. when it was almost it was the original prey and then when it was ah. almost done when it was almost done it got fucking just destroyed like it was basically a finished game from what i hear or very, very close and it just got disintegrated and all those people are, are it happens to, had so to go games fuck themselves well. basically and then this other game is now called prey that's why i made the joke like last week i'm like oh they should make it they should make a new a sequel to prey 10 years from now and they should just call it prey just do it again. No! Just make a third game that's also just no, called call Prey it again. We <laughs> call it a different thing, because Prey in
1: 2017 It's a It should is a be a racing game shock. this time. Yeah. It's a, it's oh, a, yeah? No, Prey, Prey is a, a sequel to System Shock, and it's just called Prey because, of, you know, whatever, legal matters. But also, the next sequel to System, system shock. shock can be can be called anything. It could be Fallout 6. It doesn't matter. It's fine.
0: <laughs> it's a, It's... It's just a, a the mind virus that is System Shock just spreads from system game to game. System Shock is so influential, honestly. I want I, I want them to make a Fallout New Vegas 2 People definitely do they look weird. at System Shock when they're designing other immersive sims. I got to see it yeah, happen in it real time because, like, the developer of Gloomwood was watching my System Shock Two playthrough to get reacquainted with the game to <laughs> inform his design of Gloomwood. So I I have a weird, I have like a really weird footnote in the development of Gloomwood where I just existed in it in a weird way. Yeah, that's cool. It's very funny to me that just to see that tweet. I'm like, that's surreal. That's just a weird (laughs) experience. (laughs) Now you have to play play Gloomwood. I want to play Gloomwood. They should finish it sometime. Nah, it takes forever. I know, game game development. And it, it takes people seven years to finish fucking furry visual novels. Imagine games with mechanics.
2: <laughs> well,
3: uh,
0: I don't want to. No
3: mechanics, please. So oh,
0: earlier well, we, were nice about, we were talking about we were talking about like reading into narratives and so on, and like the themes and what games what games say intended or unintended and so on. What I found interesting <laughs> is I watched a movie recently where all I could think about afterwards was its messaging and what it potentially was saying in its existence uh, I watched Evil Dead Rise like two weeks ago I think cool. so I'm, I'm hot off the presses ready make... to, to discourse and definitely haven't forgotten half of it already but the uh I thought you were about to make a joke no I wa- I watched the movie Evil Dead Rise and I I <laughs> so first of all it's fun it's it's what okay. I would expect from an Evil Dead but I've only seen but I only just know the reputation of Evil Dead 2 the original one I've just seen Evil Dead 1 and the remake of Evil Dead 1. I've never seen Evil Dead 2 or Armory of Darkness yet. But you hear about Mm -hmm. why people like Evil Dead. And generally speaking, Evil Dead 1's remake, I think a lot of people do like. At least, I don't know, Stephanie and and Toaster like it. And those are the people that I have to go off of half the time for this stuff. Uh, Fuck the general public. (laughs) Uh, The... Evil Dead, The Rise, is interesting because instead of being a remake of Evil Dead 2, it's a sequel to the remake of the first one. So they remade the first one in their own style, and then they made a sequel to that instead of remaking Evil Dead 2, which is probably the right call because you probably don't want to have to make a movie and just be compared to Evil Dead 2 the entire time because that's the one that people specifically really like. But I found this movie which was very fun and full of absurd scenes and like distressing. There's like both. It it, it it masters the tone of, of rapidly switching between very being very stressful and distressing and just like off-putting. And then also just very darkly funny, which is basically the point. Uh, but it's also it has like a weirdly conservative message is what I came a- away from. Like very much like, it seems to be against the idea of any kind of alternative family or alternative gender expression or alternative anything. And it's interesting because what I was hearing about this is that I was hearing people talk about this movie being very progressive and also basically a feminist film and so on. But I don't know if that's what the takeaway is. Because here, here, by my read, there are two types of horror stories thematically for the most part. And I, this is... I. Didn't, I haven't spent hours thinking about this, so if you, if there's other examples you can think of, that's fine, whatever. But, like, generally speaking, when people die in a horror movie, uh, one of two things is happening. One, you are expressing a genuine, like, danger or concern or real-life force that is happening to these people and that and they're victims of it. And the way that they're a victim of it is emblematic of a real-life problem. So you can have... So it makes a lot of sense to have a uh, horror movie where you have like some kind of marginalized group that is being attacked by a metaphorical force that matches up with reality in some way. And that's that's a way of having a horror movie that isn't specifically like judgmental towards the characters themselves. But the another way, the classic way of doing a slasher film for example, is this weird this this like stuff that's been brought on by the history of filmmaking and like and how like the Hayes code worked and everything and other elements like that was that like the people who do and don't die were often a judgment of those characters and in the most pure yeah, like form saw. Uh,
2: like saw, well, for well
0: saw was the villain judging them but you're not supposed to like the villain and over the course of the series it's like but saw is it's written, corrupted I and thought... so on yeah that's true but the he's first one he's were
1: kind of written as in
0: it's supposed to be about, it's about right, Saw's right. about to be like people that don't like <clears throat> it's supposed to be about people that aren't like uh valuing their life enough. And but it's but it quickly yeah. becomes apparent that the, that Jigsaw's just a fucking psycho, not just because yeah, well, of the death traps, the but also like one. his reads of people is incredibly uncharitable. And just anyone he's just so bitter that he's dying of cancer that anybody true, yeah. who he judges unworthy of how they're leading their lives is somehow deserving of a death trap and a lot of the cases it's just like a a deeply fucked up read and also the people who like there's there's also these fucked up puzzles where like if i remember correctly like the the lady who had to get the the key out of her boyfriend or whatever like that was like it was supposed to be a judgment of her the trap but like the boyfriend's the one that suffers that trap so what the fuck jigsaw but like, you know, but like in the in slasher films it's often like the like the, the formula would often be like the, all the teenage it's like these teenagers or early twenty year olds and like the ones that do drugs or have sex and so on are the ones that die first and the oh, the yeah. final girl is this pure person. <laughs> and this the uh the direct inversion of this was uh Night in the Wood not Night in the Woods, Cabin in the Woods where the specifically I the pothead that. survives to the end so and, and all that stuff. Like but like usually the the when you're when you're talking about these formulas and this is stuff like like Cabin in the Woods and Scream specifically will like, like talk about this these formulas in the text. But like the final girl is supposed to be this pure saintly untouched character. Then that's and that's the person who survives the wrath of the thing and. The uh, and there's also a penchant for like any any sexual minority or a racial minority tends to tends to die first, and then the people who have sex and the sluts die next, and you kill Paris Hilton in House of Wax and so on and so forth. Uh, so a lot of times it comes across as the judgment of the people when they're being killed, mm-hmm. and so I found this movie interesting and strange because it's seen as progressive and it does have a tr- a trans actor in it. And that's neat. Uh, but beyond that surface level thing, the read of what it's doing is distressing because it comes across as being against any kind of alternative family. So the introduction of the movie is that this there's a woman who works as like an audio technician for a band or something. And she is doing a pregnancy test. And inherently, the like you don't even have to know the results. Like the moment you have pregnancy tests in movies, you know that they're positive because that's the point of the scene uh so she's established as being pregnant and she she goes to visit her sister and her fa- and her sister's family and her, so we already have this like career woman that hasn't been visiting with her family very much for all these years and has been distant and then she gets to her sister and her sister's like the cool mom like I don't know how best to put it but like her and her daughters and so on are kind of generally like you know when they have, like, the trad wife meme, and then there's, like, the the other girl with the black hair and everything that's supposed to be seen as the yeah. bad example to the weird conservatives that make those memes? Like, their whole family is kind of that girl, including the mom. Like, the mom has, like, dyed hair, and she has, like, tattoo e- equipment in the household and so on. Uh, nice. So, like, she's supposed to be the cool Ooh, alternative person, and, like her trans son is a dj and shit and they're like there's like they're all living their their shit and specifically uh, i don't think she's a divorcee i think her husband separated like her husband took off so it's like oh god there's not a man in the house what's going on here oh no so like and this this could all be seen as as cool feminist stuff on some level but the way that the actual horror plays out i think illustrates the opposite opinion essentially like I'm looking at the poster of the movie right now, and it says "Mommy loves you to death," and, it's, and I'm like, and 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 what happens in this movie is that spoilers for Evil Dead Rise from here on out, and probably the rest of the podcast because we're pretty late anyway. But uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, after it's established that the sisters have been distant, and uh, the main character sister is pregnant, and the mom sister uh, is 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 separated from her husband and everything. And we'd meet the kids and everything uh and i think I think it's supposed to be seen as bad that like she sends the kids out to get pizza like w- one of them with the car keys like oh you shouldn't be taking them out or something in the city or something uh she goes out into the elevator and gets possessed there's men out there so she she goes out into the elevator and she gets possessed in a in a d in a horror like sort of de- hybrid like death possession scene uh And so she becomes the antagonist for the entire movie, because that's what more or less happens in Evil Dead movies if someone gets possessed. But it's specifically a mom, like, attacking and transforming her children. And I don't think I have to explain the subtext there that much, like especially in modern yeah. discourse about like like uh, like trans trending and like people that think that like every gender expression or alternative sexuality is is parents indoctrinating their kids because conservative idea ideology is that you can't come anywhere near my kids and you can't tell me how to parent. But also I can tell all the left leftists, leftists how to parent because I know better. And they're all corrupting their kids. Is this, this whole bizarre approach to how the discourse works these days. And, uh, specifically the kids, her kids are, uh, there's a trans boy DJ. There's a kind of like, there's the, let's say like tomboyish middle child, girl, Like she has like she has like short hair and she's and she's like very like sardonic sort of Daria ish and uh, like a little standoffish and muted. And then there's the younger girl that is the generic little girl in every single horror movie. So she stands out a little bit because she doesn't have any kind of like alternative vibes to her. She just is a little girl in a little lacy dress or whatever. And she and she like plays with toys. Uh, Her main thing is just that she's they do like they do all like fuck around and and, like play in the house and stuff so like she's established as being a little weird but she presents as traditionally feminine in a way that stands out compared to the other the other uh the other kids and so the how do i put this uh in the possession scene where uh The mom gets possessed in the elevator, comes back in, and before anyone really knows what's up or like the reveal that something's wrong, she grabs this basket full of eggs and just keeps throwing them all onto the skillet one by one and just burns this giant nightmare skillet of eggs of just every single egg. And she keeps going until she's completely out of eggs while chanting. And then it gets knocked on the floor and everything. So it's like in a thing about children and pregnancy like the, we've already introduced pregnancy because her sister is pregnant and and she's has and she has three kids herself she's burning all of her eggs as the opening like villain thing of this movie and then she attacks her own children and at one point uh the way that she uh converts one of the kids is that she uh stabs her she stabs her with a uh with a tattoo gun, she specifically attacks somebody with a thing that is seen well, cool as thing, like yeah. a thing that's inappropriate for someone to do to kids, is tattooing, and and, and like okay. and, yeah, and I think
1: your read is interesting. It yeah, makes I'm, I'm just like
0: I'm like there's there's such specific metaphors here where it's like your choice of imagery in a horror movie. Is always pregnant with meaning like it always has like a context to it like you can use anything you could grab a fucking fire poker or a fire hydrant or, or i mean sorry a fire extinguisher or anything like there's so there's infinite ways to stab or bludgeon somebody so when you choose really specific things and it's like okay like here's me burning all my eggs here's me attacking my kid with a permanently altering tool that that changes them for for life and so on. Although you can like remove tattoos in other ways. But like a tattoo gun specifically just feels oddly important when you're already in the context of all this headspace of like what they seem to be doing here. And what I found interesting is that by the end of the movie, uh the mom's already possessed the two kids that are that are le- that are less traditional in their presentation are both possessed and killed and they the three of them join into an an amalgam that is now hunting after and trying to convert the youngest daughter that is the most like like traditionally feminine character basically and then uh when the the sister successfully defeats the amalgam by blending it in like a a wood chipper thing like a tree disposal thing uh the uh she then walks away with what seems to be this newfound uh, thing, where like, like, like since the movie started with her being busy with her career and having this inconvenient reveal that she's becoming pre- that she's become pregnant, and then she's going to her sister for guidance, it feels like the implication at the beginning of the movie was that she's tr- she's probably thinking about getting an abortion. But at the end of the movie, she very specifically is like not only walking away with a new adopted daughter that she's going to protect because the rest of her family is dead, but she's also going to like keep the baby is the implication. And I'm like, yeah. hmm. <laughs> like it sort of feels like this movie is about the corrupting force of of like liberal moms and how it's and, and it's like this and it ends on like a pro-life message, essentially, like it feels like that's the thematic meaning of the entire film and i just don't know what to do it with l- that because it is a fun film and it was cool like in its actual like horror and everything but i'm like most horror is expressing something thematically if it's not just mindless and lazy and this is too consistently full of imagery and themes that line up with like each other that it temperate. doesn't feel like it's on accident yeah. like, and, and one of the most oh yeah right i forgot one of the one of the scenes that really stood out to me was that uh, when it's down, when, when it's near the end of the film, when they're when, before they es- they escape their apartment down to the apartment down to the parking complex where the final encounter happens, uh, the the possessed mom uh, pounces on her sister and like sort of like makes her way down her body and and because she's talking about she's talking about devouring her soul, but then she gets down to the belly uh. of this newly pregnant mom, uh, of this newly pregnant uh, woman and says two souls so it's like specifically making a yeah. point to imply that the that the uh probably too early to uh to be viable fetus is already already has a soul and implying the specifics of like why it would be immoral to kill the, the to uh like to get an abortion and this is before this the, the like the, like despite that being the the villains uh, words she does then like Wood chipper, all of the corrupted parts of the family rescue the daughter from her family and then choose to keep that baby specifically and yeah like the, the fact that history. the fact that it's it, it specifically becomes a thing where like they the the main character uh essentially opens up an escape And then the daughter gets snatched when they're about to escape. It very specifically sets up this imagery of the daughter being stuck in this this space as the looming amalgam of her her corrupted family is all coming towards her to to then convert her like this is like society or the thing or something. And And it's like that specific imagery really screams like this character is this uncorrupted youth that you can still save while she's young from this family that's too far gone. And I'm like, this, I don't, don't, (laughs) this feels on purpose. This movie feels like it's doing it on purpose.
1: You make it sound like it is, and I'm inclined to believe you. I I just want to correct that it's not a fetus, it's an embryo. Yeah. Fetus requires, it's a lot later. I mean, if you're doing pregnancy tests, that is.
0: I know there's like 10 parts of this where I was like choking on exactly which terminology would be contextually correct while I'm trying to get the idea itself out.
1: Yeah, that's way too many. bad. Like it makes totals. It makes just it It's too much to be just a coincidence. I think it sounds like they're just trying to tell the story of of what you're saying. Yeah, man, I definitely don't. I, I definitely feel that I
3: do
0: not take movies even remotely that seriously.
3: <laughs> well, oh, yeah, you, you
0: gonna, people will, Every time I talk to like any about any movie like this, someone gets pissed. Like, st- I, like stupid. I'm not just don't, about don't think inter- about stuff. Yeah. No, I know you're not mad. I'm just saying. Like people are like, S- yeah. S- shut up, stop, stop thinking about the thing. Mario's supposed to be stupid. Mario's, Mario's, dumb is movie. Stupid. Mario's <laughs> bad movie on purpose. That's the point. No, that's. I mean, that's, they did uh, hire
3: Illumination, so it's not like they didn't showgirls. They
1: showgirls a bad movie, movie on purpose.
3: <laughs> the I I'm just surprised about like the. I like I, I in my head I'm thinking like yeah of course they would by default do the thing where like the demon's like oh two souls cause like it's a baby or whatever and that's like the joke the uh, of like yeah there's like another life in you But or it, that's in isolation that's though say. but it's well I, I meant like it's normal to it's it's very yeah, yeah, normal. It is even like, Dark yeah, Souls right, does that. The default <laughs> assumption is that like you have a another thing in you. You have something yeah. living in you and Uh, it's it's like it just I don't know it's weird to I I guess because of the way that I look at but it's the point is it's it's not
1: in isolation though it's in
3: connection with everything else. No, I'm just saying that like that is a that is a yeah like it's it my first instinct of hearing that would have just been to fall back on like yeah that seems tropey that seems like what you would expect to hear. But it's just that even the
0: tropey movies have a similar like point to them though. It's like how the like more or less the point of Alien is to express the fear of sexual assault to men. Like that's, that's basically yeah, what I like I just don't the I, I could,
3: that's not You, you the can point say that, that and I would be like, yeah, okay, I can I mean, that's, understand the, that's that the interpretation line
0: between the 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 assault and pregnant and and pregnancy and impregnant, impregnating of all of the male characters with the, the facehuggers and everything.
1: It is, but it, it's uh but it's also the point is also to, to show that corporations right. treat people as as disposable.
0: Like it's one of the tools. It, it's a definitely. I mean, it's, it, Alien's it definitely one of the virus. more layered things ever. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot happening in Alien. Yeah, it does have corporate commentary, but it also is about yeah. that. Like that is the design yeah. of the monsters. It is, yeah, 100%. And even to down
1: to things like... Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of sexual undertext, subtext to a lot of the aggressions in Alien. Like, for example, the magazine thing, which is just wild and easily the worst part of the movie. But not because of what it is, but just because it's the acting is terrible. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm watching a movie from 74. Do you know the one, the, the one where...
0: I can't um, remember this very, very clearly. The magazine.
1: Android Attacks... Yeah, the android attacks uh, Ashley, or not Ashley, Ripley, and uh, tries to choke her with a magazine by deep throating her with a magazine, a rolled up
0: magazine. Oh, in Aliens. But... No, no, the first alien. Was there an android in the first one? Yeah. The the one yeah. played
1: by. Uh... There's always an android.
0: There has to be an I'm android. Trying, they're on one, together on the, for me. On the, on the cruise.
1: I don't remember his name, but the one played by the Bill Lance actor.
0: Hendrickson, isn't it? I forget his name. Wait. <laughs>
2: yeah that's I think like the, the every economic. time you try to every time, re- time i
0: have to recall names live i like destroy I my the own name. credibility of ever being He's smart jack because i'm just bad at names
1: he plays jack the reaper and plays bilbo but um yeah the the, the, the don't remember the, the the scene with the head where they have it's a bunch of cum like it's white not, <laughs> i mean it's, i don't know if that's the subtext
0: in that yes particular yes the this. uh all of the all the androids have jizz blood yeah yeah i don't know if that was on purpose but he might have been as well <laughs>
1: it doesn't because no, uh, i think it just it's about
0: about the exploitation yeah. of labor in human bodies and that comes through and that's made so thoroughly that the alien themselves do that in the assault sort of way while the while the uh the corporations do it in the let's throw human lives at all of our problems and for profit way yeah yeah there's no winning in that setting No, nope. that's one of the that's one of the types um, of of. Uh, I beg to
3: differ. Uh, Ripley seemed to have won pretty well. She threw. She, she got cryo of frozen. Uh,
0: uh, it, Ripley does not survive one of the,
3: the alien movies. Know.
0: I don't think well, she not all won. all of them,
3: but number two.
0: <laughs>
1: it's interesting because alien is one of the the types of horror movies that is related to natural uh, th- threats to people. In this case, natural being corporations.
0: <laughs> and also and also aliens but anyway audience that's my review of evil dead rise it's it was good it was a good time it has funny crazy scenes it's a lot to watch it was very entertaining all the way through but i came away with it from just a real weird vibe about what the fuck its point was because it has it, it feels too much it feels like too much of a through line to be coincidental but also i'm like why would that be what they're going for i don't understand like the same movie that hires a trans dude to play a trans dude and does like so much right is also seemingly making the opposite argument with all of its doing. So I'm just saying, if you watch this movie, let you let me know if you come away with a weird vibe or not. <laughs> it's a weird through line. Well, I mean, they
3: do that all the time,
0: though, right? Make I mean, sure you want like to go, sure where, like yeah, go right? back and like they find do, yeah. like, like check out like what was being quoted at various points uh there's various parts of the movie where they read a book or like a real life book or they quote something from something what like in their demon chanting and stuff they're like quoting like something else like a poem and i it makes me want to go back and see those scenes or or, or have transcripts of those scenes and just be like does this play into what's happening narratively does the prologue play in because that i'm not sure if that was just like a cold open to be like and there's evil or if it also ties into what was happening evil. in the main narrative but hmm the whole movie, the whole movie, made me go. hmm. It's
2: good I mean, when they do
0: that. That's the point of a movie, I guess. It's supposed to make you think. Yeah, but I downtime. don't know if I want it to be making people think in that direction. Yeah, well, so that has worrying that's... implications. And that's your job to write a script, make yeah. a three-hour video about it, and inform the masses. I considered it, but I don't have access to the movie, and I'm not fucking watching it in theaters again every time I, th- I, th- I want to think about it. So, for now. well, You're not going to be like Jenny Nicholson, just go to the movie four times? I, 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 Jenny Nicholson, I don't know how she works. I don't know how she does that. She has very thoughtful mo- uh, videos that she makes very quickly, in many cases. Uh, and it feels like she literally just watched a movie once, came home, and had like the most fucking like involved takes possible. And she also like is, she calls she she's so, goes, her videos. She says are, she goes back to like to video, the theater multiple times. Her videos times. are her videos are so well spoken. She sounds scripted. But she doesn't seem to be reading from a script, so I also don't know how she records her videos. It's it trip me up. Like I don't know how she's. Isn't she? Wait, what are you talking about? She has. The, she's sitting right in front of the computer with the the script open. She does, I guess yeah. I just don't understand people who can sit there and look at the camera, separate from the the script, oh, or else, or just also just like wander their eyes just wander around the whole video, and I'm like, how the fuck? How are you not reading the script? Because she's what the fuck? Because she's I memorized can't... it. I think she memorizes yeah. like a page of it,
3: records it, and then continues. Like she has. She breaks it. She breaks up, up the stuff work.
0: in a. Yeah, in people. A, yeah, it people is a told a lot of me work, That my but... my style was too stiff in the annihilation video, so I tried to like print out the script and like m- like memorize the chunks by and ch- of them at a time, and then like do some oh. variation of like either uh, speaking it off the cuff or like paraphrasing it. Completely impossible. I 100 percent cannot do anything even resembling that. Like I I it's literally a, had to nope. give up. <laughs> delay my recording of my monster hunter video by two weeks so i could order a teleprompter and then do it and try again with the teleprompter once i figured out how to make that work because i could not do any version of that whatsoever it was impossible yeah that's fine it it
3: is definitely like a it's definitely a fucking skill there's people some people just have that ability um it's but yeah that's definitely like That is definitely the way that she goes about it. You can see like in a lot of any, any of the videos where she has her glasses on, you can see the script is right there in front of her on the computer screen. (laughs) Um, and like the way that like her cuts are so obvious. She has like these really obvious cuts where she's clearly like, okay, and that's it. She doesn't remember. Like that's where this, where her memorization of that page ends. Um, but yeah, I remember she was talking about that she would like, she got mad at a movie because she had to go back like twice or something just to get notes because like so much was happening. It was hard for her to like take notes of the movie. She was like, I go and watch the movie once and then I have feelings about it and then I write down those feelings and then I go back to the movie and watch it again and write down things that happen in the movie and then combine those two feelings and the things that happen in the movie. Um, which sounds like a lot of that sounds like a pretty exhausting process. Going to the movies twice just to like I know do right. our job is a
0: pretty sounds like a lot of work. Um, I'd be, but it's I, funny. It's just once like if you I, have any yeah. level of audience, I'd be terrified of talking about anything without having like double checking it because I still I don't want to be that guy. I just I just don't want to yeah, be like yeah, no, oh, just blatantly horribly wrong about stuff on the internet. I'll never recover emotionally. <laughs> but anyway, guys, no, that so easy this, to be though. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're about. It's about time to wrap this up. So this has been dialogue choices. Gross. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Don't Bye. Come back. I swear to God. Please do come back.